Wrestling Geeks Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I got another show for you. We're going to be talking about wrestling from this past week. We got a jam-packed episode. Me and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Chris, how are you doing this week, good sir? I am doing wonderful. Uh, luckily for us Georgia citizens, the hurricane kind of skipped us. Uh, shout out to everyone in Florida and South Carolina, North Carolina. Hope everyone is faring well. That's a scary situation. Um, but yeah, man, outside of that, just work, wrestling. Uh, I didn't really watch anything uh, this week outside of wrestling. So if you have some cool to talk about, uh, let me know because I have dick all except for Beavis and Butthead. That's kind of it. Uh, you know, actually, this has been kind of a, uh, a chill week for me. I started up finally Cobra Kai, but I've been kind of slow about watching it. So there's really nothing to talk about on that end. And, you know, trying to get in the Halloween spirit. I watched, uh, for the first time, actually, I think people will think this is, well, if you're a diehard horror fan, you might think this is crazy. I watched Manhunter for the first time. Um, and then I watched Sounds of the Lambs pretty much, like, two days ago. Going to probably watch uh, Hannibal, uh, the movie. And uh, I'm thinking about actually trying the series for the first time with Mad Mik- Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, I've always heard really good things. So, uh, yeah, I'm in a cannibal sort of mood. I don't know what show put me in that mood at all. Probably a Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> fucking one. Holy shit. Have you, did you see that meme floating around of him at Five Guys? They just photoshopped him into a Five Guys, and he's like, this doesn't taste like Five Guys. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, Pretty as well bad. as 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 well as the Florida citizens dealing with hurricanes, include my parents who are luckily on the Atlantic coast. Uh, big ups to all the victims, family members of Jeffrey Dahmer, with any of the dark jokes that are going everywhere. But you know, it's it's something that it's it's there. What what the fuck are we gonna do? Not talk about it? Not make memes? We're we're sick individuals, us Americans. Yeah, I mean, at some point, if you. Well, hopefully they're getting residuals off of whatever is happening. Because I mean, they were going to get residuals off the book. You would hope that everything going forward, they would get some sort of residuals for the family. It's a very tragic situation. Uh, but tragic situations do not stop the internet from making memes. Like, like even the Sandy Hook shooting has memes, right? Like, Ugh. and if yeah, you are anyone that made those memes, you can go to hell. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that means, either spiritual sense or just get shot a bunch of times in the face. I don't fucking care. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it's the Internet. I'm sure that we've been memed if we dig deep enough. <laughs> uh, Possibly. Well, maybe not. Maybe we're not that important. But uh, in any case, uh, yeah, like I, I, I watched the Beavis and Butthead uh, series. Have you seen this? You watched this? The new one? No, I have not checked it out. I've been, I kind of binged a couple of uh, episodes on, um, what is it, Paramount Plus, 
and then I watched the new movie, and then I watched the old movie, but I haven't watched the new series yet. I've been watching Daria, like a motherfucker, which is kind of related, right? Didn't Judd also make that? Yes. Or did she star on that? Okay, yeah, I love Daria. It's one of my favorite shows in the 90s, late 90s. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it's great. It's been a long time since I watched that. Maybe that deserves a rema- uh, rewatch now that I just finished all the new Beavis and Butthead. New Beavis and Butthead is hilarious, by the way. Um, it's kind of weird because they make like Butthead a very abusive character, which he always kind of was. But they make like Beavis a, a very much like I'm just going with the flow and I I'm in this abusive relationship kind of character. It's kind of weird. Some of the episodes, um, very funny, but, uh, yeah, no, it's kind of cool. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the new King of the Hill, because apparently that's going to be a thing. God damn it, Bobby. Oh, and there's very much great Tom Anderson with that Hank Hill. (laughs) accent in the new beefs and Bud series if you're a fan oh, of that yes um i watched 15 minutes of this new maryland movie did you watch any of this the the big maryland monroe movie that just came out blonde um no i was uh planning on watching it tomorrow actually uh i was kind of uh, i found out it was three hours which like damn because I know that, like, I wanted to watch, what I originally wanted to do was wait for this to come out to streaming on Netflix, and then also watch the Elvis movie, which has been put on um, uh, Peacock, I believe, back-to-back, to, like, watch both of them. But they're both almost, one's almost three hours long, and one is three hours long, so I don't know if that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm, I'll probably end up watching the Marilyn Monroe movie, but I heard there's lots of controversy within the uh, the film itself. Watch the Elvis movie. I think it's a better film. Um, I think the soundtrack's better. I think the story is more concisely told. And I think the person that plays the main character in the movie you're supposed to focus on did a way better job. Then uh, uh, Anna DRMS as, uh, as Marilyn? Cause, yes. Because from everything I've seen, she looks and she looks great as the character. She looks great as the character in black and white. And this it's more of the accent Marilyn Monroe's voice and it's not her accent as a Spanish speaking person it's it the voice doesn't sound like Baron Marilyn Monroe and they also take like some very far liberties with the story and get very sexual with it and I know Marilyn Monroe was supposedly a sexual person at least the stories we hear um yeah there's some scenes there I guess it was fine. It's uh, I liked the Elvis movie better, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to put it in words, really. Uh, I watched like 20 minutes of the Maryland one and I was done. Uh, so maybe I'm not the best person to judge. I was about to say, well. you know, no offense, but if you can only get through 15 minutes, it's not really an adequate amount to be able to, you know, judge the whole entire film. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I got up to uh, the Marilyn Monroe, uh, Joe DiMaggio marriage right before she goes to USO or to do the USO tur- like tours. So is it Joe DiMaggio or, or Mickey? It's Joe DiMaggio, right? Joe DiMaggio. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, these are both both people I was referring to, Elvis and Marilyn Monroe, very very huge pop culture figures. But I think, and I, I don't know, I have to see the movie itself. I know that the main reason it got the NC-17 rating was the stuff with uh, JFK later on in the movie that the Kennedys weren't happy about and raised a huge fucking fuss about. But it really is. I kind of think that there is a version, uh, especially if you saw Marilyn with um, uh, what's her name? Um, Heath Ledger's ex-wife, Michelle. Uh, I can't remember her name right now, but doesn't matter. She's from Dawson's Creek. She plays her, but it's more showing the lighter side. This apparently really focuses on the stuff that no one wants to think about or realize she had to deal with. But I don't know if they show a lot of the bright. Uh, side of her within it or if they really just focus on the the shit she had to go through at that time period with fucking terrible producers and other celebrities and whatnot and uh, and abuse both sexual and also uh whatchamacallit uh physical between people and you know it is very well known unfortunately she was raped young in her life she had adopted italian parents uh she was mixed but she also kind of Never told people about her part Mexican heritage that she found out about. So to try to be like the the still the white Caucasian, I guess, actress. So there is a lot of uh, stuff. I think Anna Darmes, which I always like her movies, her accent was going to become a problem. I heard she went through, I think it was nine months of training, which I definitely applaud her for because I think she's a good actress. But that's definitely going to hinder her performance. Because even that, that, that preview they just put out where she's doing that, I want to be loved by you, everything, visually, acting performance is great, and everything afterwards is great where she freaks the fuck out and slices her face with her nails at the at the director and says that he's insulting her, And but you can even hear her accent uh, through that. Well, well, with her, when when people say their accent, I, I'm wondering if people mean two different things because I just don't think, as a character, she sounds like Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe at all in any point of the movie. To me, it, it, it's the uh, the the Mr. President accent, which is kind of Marilyn Monroe doing a gimmick, uh, yeah, vocally for me. And and that has nothing to do with the Spanish accent bleeding through. It it is just she to me that's not the character's voice. I gotcha. I'll, I'm gonna have to see the movie. I not only that, I Baz Luhrmann's um, Elvis. I really I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see Tom Hanks as a villain. Uh, like Anna Diarmez, I think the uh, gentleman that plays Elvis has a lot of potential in the industry as a celebrity. And I like I said, I kind of love those two characters. So. I, I'm definitely oh. watching Blonde tomorrow because it came out and I want to see it. But I think I'll need Elvis afterwards to go more positive, um, even though I know there's a lot of fucked up things that happened to Elvis within his career, too. Uh, mainly with Tom uh, Hanks's character, the uh, producer who fucks him over pretty badly. Oh, to be 100 percent fair on this accent game, uh, Tom Hanks doing the colonel is fucking terrible. Like <laughs> he's this usually is, good about southern accents. He didn't uh, get it down. No, because he's doing no, it. The kind of sounds like this. Uh, every interview I've ever heard him in with Elvis stuff, he kind of has like that type of gruffled southern accent. 
and he's so he's really focusing on the carny aspect of that character where I came from the carnival. So he's trying to do like a carny voice the entire time, and it is not good. Um, so like if you're tuning into that film for Tom Hanks, don't, <laughs> don't. Well, I'm out here accents. just being like, yeah, I'm like that accent's bad. That accent's bad. <laughs> Well, Hocus but, Pocus 2 comes out tomorrow. Do you think there will be any fucked up accents in that as well? Because I might check out that this weekend. I always was a big fan of the first one. Haven't watched so I've it never, in years. I've never seen the first one. What? This is one that has escaped me, Dane. Uh, wow. So maybe I will sit down and watch both of these. I know. Dude, uh, I'm Bette, telling you. you Bette Midler's in it, right? Yeah, Bette Midler's in it. Uh, the 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 lady that uh, does the voice for Peggy, I forgot what her name is. She's one of the witches, and it's uh, the one from Sex in the City, the main chick. Uh, God damn it, I can't remember Sarah Jessica Parker. So it's those three as the witches. I don't know what people they had, but the old one had Thora Birch from American Beauty in it as the little girl, and this one male actor that was in a lot of shit in the '90s and kind of disappeared, like a lot of them did, was the main brother. And actually had the chick from The Hills of Eyes, the remake. Wow, I can't believe I just did that. But yeah, that's 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 the uh, thing. There's a, there's a moment where from what I remember. Yeah, it's just it's one of those films I just never have seen. Kind of like a weird one. Do you have one of those? Like a childhood movie everyone else has seen and you haven't seen? I'm sure I do. Um, I have movies that, as an adult, people can't believe since I like cinema that I haven't seen. Like, I've never seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I've always meant to go back and watch it. You don't need to see that. It's just a bunch of fucking piano and flashing lights. I'll save you the trouble, bud. Wait, wait, is that is that Close Encounters or is that a uh, 2001 Space Odyssey? That's Close well, kind of both, but Close Encounters is the one where they're like boo boo trying to talk to the aliens with the That's I, my right, wife, that's right. My wife loves that movie and I'm like this is fucking terrible. Uh <laughs> I think that's a to each their own kind of film because I'm I hate it. Um, I've never seen Apocalypse Now. I recently, for the first time, saw um, – what the hell was that army movie from Oliver Stone with Charlie Sheen? Um, uh, Pl- Platoon? And William Defoe. Yeah, man, that that was an incredible movie. That was a really good – I mean, nothing's going to beat Save, or Saving Private Ryan, in my opinion, for war films, but that was a really good one. Oh, really? <sighs> I like The Dirty Dozen a lot. But Dirty Dozen's good for sure. Um, and so is Platoon, uh, Full Platoon's Metal fucking great. Uh, Griff is the one that turned me on to Platoon. He's like, You gotta check this out, Charlie Sheen and Willem Dafoe. And I was like, That's weird cast for <laughs> a war movie. Yeah, there's, there's a couple other big <laughs> names in there too, but yeah, that's the main two. Uh, Apocalypse like Down, uh, with big paws. Apocalypse Down, I don't. I mean, you you may love it. It's kind of one of those you love it or hate it kind of films. I like Coppola, uh, and I've never seen it. Like, I've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. I've seen all the Godfathers. I've never seen Apocalypse Now, though. 
with and I, Marlon Brando as like an army general sounds so fucking fascinating. And the fact that they were doing mushrooms throughout the filming of the whole entire fucking thing. Yeah, there's like a weird there's like multiple versions of it, so maybe do a deep dive before you pick the version you're gonna watch. Uh, try to find the Coppola version. He keeps on going back and trying to like wrong his mistakes, it seems. <laughs> like the third godfather over. You know, but I, I mean, don't think, I, like I, I always say, you're not going to get your uh, your 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 daughter out of the movie uh, who kind of partially ruined that one for me. So, I mean, do you sorry, do you just... count do you count Deer Hunter as like a war film? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Deer Hunter is a good movie, too. Okay. Yeah, I would throw Deer Hunter up there as one of my favorite war films, I guess, in quotations. I mean, that that's more about the war within yourself than. Well, Apocalypse Now gets there as well. Um, Vietnam. Vietnam. Why, why every time I think of Vietnam, I think of an anti-war song with fucking CCR. And uh, that's, uh, what is that? We, oh, man, I can't remember the name of that goddamn song. But it's because of Forrest Gump. It's it, every time. Like they go to a, yeah Vietnam. I'm I'm just thinking um, what is it? Born Again Son or no? God damn it! I can't remember the name of it. Fortunate Son. No. <laughs> Fortunate Son. That's what it is. There you go. We figured it out. But it seems like we're like Brian Last and fucking Jim Cornette right now. Like we're trying to avoid <laughs> wrestling. But it was just a slow week. Honestly, there wasn't a lot. I I, I don't think that happened. Would you there agree? Some good, there, I, no, I I will say there's some good stuff that happened. Um, good matches. It was man. kind of a slow. It was kind of a slow week, but there was some like I, well, I, the Jericho storyline specifically, and the continuation of the uh, Ring of Jericho is very interesting, and there's a lot of cool stuff that can happen from that. Uh, but yeah, like. I don't know. What do you want to talk about first? Well, I want to make mention, I think first we should do um, a little tribute to a wrestler that we found out passed away uh, yesterday morning. Uh, Um, Yeah, and this is the big one, guys, because the ties that Antonio Inoki had would not only change the wrestling business as far as New Japan, uh, the organization that he formed – Essentially, his teacher, uh, Ricky Dozen, had his original Japanese promotion, and his two biggest like uh, wrestlers within it was Giant Baba and Antonio Inoki. And there was a falling out, especially between Baba and Inoki, and Baba would make All Japan Wrestling, which is still around today, but used to be way more prominent, especially in the 90s, for being the quote-unquote Japanese wrestling show, especially within the 90s when they got Misawa and Kawada and, and the other four pillars, the other members of the four pillars, uh, Kento Kobashi and whatnot. But Antonio Inoki was more of the popular organization with New Japan. And throughout the 80s, he and they brought this up last night, which I thought was crazy. They acknowledged the fact that he technically won the WWE championship, but they Something happened within the match where they, you know, it, it didn't count. But, I mean, if you don't know who Noki is, everything that Kazuchika Okada wants to be, a lot of it is based off of Inoki. Uh Some of his teachers, you know, whether it be uh, Ultimo Dragon, Keiji Muto, 
um, other people variously within the Japanese system in New Japan. Uh, they got taught by Anoki, and just the 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 presentation, the the you know the the fact that people respected the hell out of Anoki within wrestling and New Japan itself. They did stuff with WWE. They did stuff with WCW later on in the 90s. They kept themselves relevant. You know, the four pillars were over in all Japan. You had the three musketeers over in um, in, in New Japan with Shinya Hashimoto, uh, Keiji Muto, the great Muda. And I'm blanking on the third person, but another huge uh, draw with it. Oh, um, Chono. And then obviously Justin Liger kind of was the big guy in the light heavyweights division. And uh, Antonio Inoki was always very firm, great concept of respect. Uh, Hulk Hogan worked over in Japan. A lot of American wrestlers looked to him and thought of him as a leader. Actually, Hulk Hogan uh, tweeted a nice little comment. Uh, it said, it seems like I spent half my wrestling career working in New Japan. After many years, I became accepted and traveled on the Japanese bus, worked out, lived, and sometimes fought uh, other Americans along with Antonio Inoki. Inoki was truly Ichiban. RIP, my brother, love you, the Axe Bomber, which the Axe Bomber was given to him as his finisher by Antonio Inoki. Um, and I think that the other big thing is that the fight that he, since he was a legit martial artist, the fight that he had with Muhammad Ali, even though it was not that good, um, really was the first MMA match. It was two different styles of fighting, boxing and martial arts, uh, you know, going against each other. And Inoki within Japan, uh, whether it be involvement in Pride or um, Minoru Suzuki's organization, um, Pancras, you know, he always had a presence. He was always promoting this concept. So you have that, the fact that he was a politician, the fact that he was respected. Uh, you know, when they went over to Korea... They had three huge celebrity figures within fighting, and that was Inoki, Muhammad Ali, and Ric Flair. So that, I think, kind of shows you, especially in Japan, the presentation and the aura that Antonio Inoki gave off. So he will always be remembered, I think, to wrestling fans, and he should be respected And for the work that he did within professional wrestling in Japan and also the beginning stages of mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, when you when you think of Anoki, you have to think that he is a lot of wrestling and a little bit of MMA, like as far as the starts go, which is what you were talking about. Um, absolute legend. Have you ever seen the match with him and Dory Funk? Or a couple matches, I should say. No, but I want to check him out. His, his matches with Hogan are fucking technical awesome matches and you would never see think hogan could do shit like that so dory funk would be even more awesome yeah so him and dory are absolutely great i mean the guy got both ends of what he was trying to do um i i mean the most famous thing obviously is him versus muhammad ali which the promoters on the muhammad ali side or at least this is a story we've always heard growing up right is they basically positioned a no-win situation for Inoki, and he's like, well, am I allowed to kick up for my back? I, I He can't tackle, he can't throw a punch, can't really wrestle Muhammad Ali, and he found a way around it, and 
and basically kicked this yeah. man so hard in the legs that he had blood clots in which they were talking about, yep. we might have to amputate your leg. So, <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily yep. a wrestling thing, but as an MMA, like shoot fight thing, that's pretty crazy. And in, in the fight, I think it, like, uh, if I, I can't remember the stat line, Muhammad Ali gets like 16 punches in. In the entire fight, because Adoki's just like, I'm just gonna lay here and kick him in the leg. Smart. <laughs> kick the leg out of his leg. He did kick the leg out of his leg, and uh, that was in '76. Muhammad Ali had like, I want to say he he beat uh, Leon uh, Spence Spunks. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. He beat him. And uh, he also Spinks. Yeah. He, Anoki also fought Spinks that was less notarized and, and, and more of a wrestling type match. And then Muhammad Ali beat Spinks and then he did like two other matches. I think he lost both of his uh, last two matches, but that like from 76 to 78, um, I think even the promoters from Muhammad Ali said he never was the same after the Anoki match. Like he didn't have the legs. I was like, well, yeah, he kicked the leg out of his leg. He did the one heart. He was dealing with that pain going into his match with um Oh man, who was the, the the boxer that would get annihilated from Tyson mostly because he was pissed off about this fight, but way out of his prime. Oh, Larry Holmes. He was I watched a documentary. Muhammad Ali was dealing with his leg being fucked up from that fight then when he was training for that fight he should have never been a part of where he got destroyed by Larry Holmes and then avenged by Mike Tyson years later. So, so the crazy thing is like Muhammad Ali, the entire setup was supposed to be him and Hogan and somehow it ended or not him and Hogan, but they were supposed to do some big thing in America, right? We're talking 76. So yeah, Ali uh, got involved with uh gorilla monsoon in a match where he got, airplane spin but nothing happened out of it but yeah him and him and hogan were definitely proposed and then it became him and uh anoki because honestly hogan didn't really have actual fighting you know he was just a big dude what we're gonna do thunder lips and fucking rocky sort of thing you know well yeah and i think it's easy to forget that like 76 hogan is not 84 85 hogan right much leaner, much te- much more technical as a wrestler, yeah. Or or just took off as a character. Uh, so I, I know that there was like talks about him doing something with the Fonks in the state or him doing something with Flair. Um, but anyways, it landed on Anoki because I guess most money. That's I mean that's crazy. Yep. Like Muhammad you know, Ali is one of the greatest boxers of all time, hands down. But yep. somehow his promoters got him into a shoot fight <laughs> with a professional wrestler who's who just wanted to do like a draw match and maybe do like a body slam or something. <laughs> it's kind of the there wildest. <laughs> Shit got real, man. That's for damn sure, you know. But it will always go down in infamy as a huge time within the sport of professional wrestling and starting up the ideas that would, you know, become pride in uh, UFC. So, 
Again, What's it like that, taking a boxer and putting him against a martial artist wrestler, you know? I mean, it, that's more of the part that gets criticized by Doki, right, is that he actually likes the shoot fight style. So when he had, like, Jushin Thunder Liger and Great Buddha and was doing good wrestling stuff, he still was invested in, like, actual fighting versus wrestling. So I think Japan's always had that over the U.S. Honestly, um, just the fighting itself. Like, even if New, J- New Japan in the '90s was kind of like more compared to WWE, while All Japan was, and even I guess you could say it's in the '80s too with WWE compared to um, either NWA or WCW. You know, they were more, I guess, physical. I mean, the fucking style in New Japan was still physical as shit. They just had people like. You know, the the great Sasuke and fucking Jushin Liger and the great Muda, so they had characters more, you know, but still the same thing. I mean, like, New Japan's a little weird with Anoki in general, because didn't, like, was it two or three Huge years ago falling out. where we were talking about they just had people lining up for Anoki to chop them? <laughs> like, chop yep. them and take a flatback bump. Do you remember us talking about this? Yeah, and... One of the other things we talked about, including Inoki with New Japan as of recently, is it's kind of sad. I mean, obviously, there's many reasons why it sucks that Inoki passed, but Okada really, really wanted him to be at one show in the Tokyo Dome to watch him wrestle. And uh, even though it's from a different era, it's like MJF and how he worships a lot of the 80s great heels. You know, Okada's not even from an era where he watched it, but the fact that he respected it so much and then studied a lot of Inoki. Um, it says a lot. If you're an Okada fan, you don't know anything about Antonio Inoki. Yeah. I mean, that goes to like, it's a, a comparison for American fans. That's like John Moxley being a big Terry Funk fan, like different yep. errors, but like he, he built the way kind of thing. Right. I mean, not to the same extent as Inoki who ran like, started new japan and ran new japan for years not to the same extent but it it is that like i respect this guy so much uh i want to impress him and i bet if someone showed (laughs) showed terry funk a john moxley match you'd be like guys pretty good that kid knows what he's doing god damn he's he's laying Um, it in with that arm bar (laughs) <laughs> so yeah there is there is a bunch of matches i'm sure you can find ones with terry against Anoki. uh definitely i'm gonna check out some the dory ones that you were bringing up uh there's a great match with the great muda i found and watched and really enjoyed i've seen the hulk hogan one like i said it's a very very it's a technical match like it's a lot of hand locks and leg locks it's very impressive to see hogan outside of his element for people that think that he can only do the leg and it's like, no, 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 no. Hogan, I'm not going to say he's a prolific in-ring wrestler, but he knew what the fuck he was doing. He just, uh, you know, got a little more he's, simplistic because he knew he could do guy. less. Well, he's also yes. a big guy, right? Like, Hogan is six foot seven, 330 he, pounds. Yeah, he was probably six back then before his, his spine was compressed, yeah. This is, a, this is a big motherfucker. He was trained by Vern Gagne, who made him run until he vomited, etc. 
He was uh, first trained by Hiro Matsuda, who broke his arm, then Vern Gagne in the AWA, and then partially by Inoki in New Japan. Those are three tough teachers, let me just say. This guy <laughs> knew what the fuck he was doing. There is no reason, and Stone Cold has openly said this, like, yeah. your bump card, kid. Like, if you can do five moves, do five moves. <laughs> it's it's just very different in the way we watch wrestling now, where we want we want everything, right? Because everyone's given us everything. But back then, like, Hogan's five moves were awesome. <laughs> He's like, yep. that's all we need. Um, it's just different, and and... I think this goes back to like comparing movies or comparing like athletes. Like if you're, if you're comparing like Wayne Gretzky to Sidney Crosby, it's just not the same, right? Like everything Jordan is LeBron. Jordan LeBron. It's not the same. The game is different. Does you can say one's better than the other. It just depends on what version of the game you like. And it, it's kind of the same thing with Hogan to some extent, like Hogan for his time period, was fucking great. You don't climb yep. the top of the the mountain in your shit. <laughs> like he's the the biggest star of all time as far as wrestling goes. And uh, it's it's gonna be like that. And when you look at Hogan and how he was throughout the eighties, you know, Kinect was kind of doing his thing in Mexico, and soon Conan would take over. But the one in Japan. The one who partially trained Fujinami before he tore shit up, before Muda tore shit up, it was Anoki. Anoki was the standard. He was like the Bruno San Martino of his era within Japan. And that's why, like, if you kind of say Roman's the biggest guy right now. So technically, he's kind of like the Hulk Hogan to American audiences and just pro wrestling in general. In Japan, I would say Okada is to Antonio Anoki. And that's just showing the level of. How big this guy was perceived, but just last statements, I'll just say that, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. He was older. We knew that he was in uh, worse health as of lately, uh, but he will always remain a legend and a huge staple for MMA and its progression and New Japan Wrestling within starting up that company, teaching some of the biggest guys they have there and establishing the dojo concept for pro wrestling. And uh, just being a great wrestler and figure within sports. Any last words, Chris? Agreed with everything you said. Absolute legend. Um, I mean, damn sure up there as a promoter as well. Uh, and I, I guess I should address this, Dane. <laughs> Me and Meltzer has a little bit of heat right now. Because as great as Anoki is... Sometimes comparisons are not one for one, right? Like, you cannot compare Antonio Inoki to Michael Jordan as far as, like, stardom across the entire world that exists. Inoki's great, great wrestler. Michael Jordan, great basketball player. The best of all time. Maybe you could debate in both. Don't don't compare them. Don't try to do, like, he's, like, trying to do a top seven weird list and i hate to call it his podcast because i because i love dave i think he does a great job but that one was rough to listen to yeah as, as far as popularity it's kind of hard to compare anyone to jordan i mean he might go down as one of the most well-known and 
greatest athletes of all time, period. But I guess legacy within where they came from, Jordan in 90s and late 80s, NBA and Anoki within his time in New Japan reigning as a wrestler. But yeah, it's that just this causes people to not, I don't know, fully embrace and understand the greatness of Anoki. If you compare him to someone like that, it just becomes a stupid argument and Lord knows Dave likes to do that sometimes, so, you know. I think that's the thing that pissed me off is, like, why are you putting him in a reflection pool of people that are still alive, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hogan? Like, just talk about the legacy of Antonio Inoki um, and how great he was and what he did for wrestling and MMA in general. And leave it at that, especially since you watched the majority of it. Uh, it was kind of – I don't know. It, it just and I will also say made me feel some kind of way because it also was like he was shitting on like Jordan by being like Anoki was better better than you or bigger than you as a star and you're like that's not true that's that's <laughs> that's silly but it, it detracts from the concept itself I would definitely put Anoki as far as past wrestlers we kind of talked about this last time with uh, Liger and Muda I would put him up there top five biggest past Japanese based and not American Japanese like um, Ricky Steamboat, but you know, Japanese based wrestlers that were huge over here at their time, just a huge spectacle, probably put Baba in there and uh, Fujinami to kind of round it out. Um, but yeah, just a uh, great wrestler. And should we do the, uh, the 10 seconds of silence, Chris? Definitely should. And I'm sorry. Uh, to Noki fans out there to bring that up, but it just got in my crawl a little bit. Great, Blame. great, great, great wrestler uh, and one of the best promoters of all time, as you saw through the early 90s and, and even like promoting his match with Ali, which is one of the biggest wrestling boxing spectacles of all time, right? Um, yep. Absolutely incredible. Love him. Love everything he did for the wrestling business. I hate that I put a weird mood on it, but uh, I thought it might get brought up since I called out Meltzer earlier. So that being said, rest in peace, Inoki. Sorry that my uh, bullshit got pulled into your your death, unfortunately. All right, we'll give ten, uh, ten seconds. Ten. All right, well, another legend passes. We move on with our show. Chris, I want to start this up by saying something kind of controversial. Um, might be even more so than your last concept within that last conversation. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually think I liked, out of this last week, a three-hour Monday Night Raw over Dynamite, Rampage, and SmackDown. I know. It's fucking crazy. I didn't watch NXT. Impact was doing replays, but uh, I just I'm being I'm being truthful, Chris. I really liked a lot of the aspects about Raw. They had four great fucking matches on it, and I, it's another situation. And it hasn't been always like this, but there's been a couple times since Hunter has taken over where I have not noticed we're getting towards the main event until that happens. So they're keeping me through the program. Now, I'm not going to say they do everything right, 
we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But um, is that crazy for me to say, Chris? No, I don't think so at all. Um, I I personally like Dynamite better, uh, mostly because Jericho <laughs> and the storylines they're building. But yeah, like as as far as what you're saying, I mean, Raw was a really good show. I think that's a coin toss of it, that's an opinion, right? Of, of what you like better. They were both good shows. Yeah, it just um, I had fun with Raw. I I think a lot of it has to do, and you know, I, I think that people are wondering when this is actually going to have the payoff. I'm assuming either between. Uh, Extreme Rules, I believe, is a pay-per-view coming up. Yeah, it is, because everyone's doing those type of matches. Um, or the Monday Night Raw, which I think would be, is it the week after it? No, 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 it's two weeks after it, but Halloween's on a Monday Night Raw. I'm convinced this is Bray Wyatt. I don't think that there is anything else, and what I'm referring to is the White Rabbit concept that I'll just bring up, get all that out of the way, and talk about it in one chunk. But as someone that loved the the movie campaign for something like uh, Cloverfield back in the day and loved uh, investigating all this weird shit that Bad Robot put out for that production for Matt Reeves, um, you know, it was fun. Blair Witch had a similar concept, probably the first ones to kind of utilize that. There's been video games that promote stuff using websites and clues. And Bray Wyatt would be, if it is him, the guy that would try to fucking do this. So I'll go over the clues. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, all of them at once, but essentially raw would have Don Mysterio come out during the Seth Rollins match, uh, against his father, Ray. And we weren't sure if he was actually going to take a, you know, a smack at Seth with the chair that he had in his hand or Ray Mysterio. Now he would just, sit there, uh, you know, and wa- and watch his dad get his ass kicked by Seth. But, of course, one of those, like, nice little – what the fuck – what do they call the QR codes? Is that what it's called, Chris? Is that what the kids call it? Is it a QR code? Sound like an old fuck. They've been going around for at least 10 years, but I still can't remember. Yeah, you're talking about the cat that showed up buying Corey with a sign. No, There's, no, no. We're going to we're going to Raw. I'm talking about like the little code that flashes that if you take a picture, it takes you to a website. What are those called? QR codes? Yeah, you're talking about the little scrambled things. I, yeah, it's like a black dot, basically. I'm, we're I'm old. I'm as old as you, bud. So. Yeah, but you're smarter. Um, <laughs> Doubt, doubtful. So, <laughs> so if you follow this. There was a video of people saying the thing that was said but on the last one, but all wrestlers, and it said, who destroyed the world? You did, and then kind of had some other stuff said, and then showed off this number. So people figured out it was a zip code. They went to the zip code. They went to a Carolina town, I think trying to throw off called uh, uh, Corbin County or whatever. But so everyone thought it was Baron Corbin for a second. But within there... They found a record shop. This is this is ridiculous. Called White Rabbit Records. If you go to White Rabbit Records on YouTube, they used to have a site 15 years ago, and the only thing that they had on there was White Rabbit. You can even look at the date on there. White Rabbit, 
uh, whatchamacallit, um, 15 years ago from Jefferson Airplane, just a music video. Posted, like I said, 15 years ago. Then there was a new video posted, and it had a address from White Rabbit Records of zip code that would be a main town called Wyndham. And last night, same thing fucking happened, basically. Uh, we had a gentleman come by with a sign, um, and we also had a little barcode come up during Carrying Cross's um, promo itself. Uh, the sign itself, I forgot what the fuck it said, Chris. We were talking about it last night. I'm trying to find it within our conversations. Um, revel in, in me or revel in yourself? Yeah, it was something on the lines of that. Something to that effect. But the barcode itself took to a direction where they were talking about there was a part of it that was about a number, 1108, which happened to be uh, the Mad Hatter hat, what was on there back when Bray was doing um, the Funhouse. So Bray Wyatt, the Mad Hatter, the White Rabbit. I don't know if that means anything. It's just asking questions. And then later, Carrying Cross. It, it it just sounded throughout this. They also had a video with Three Little Pigs, and it was doing Morse code. And then the last one had the the wolf, and it's spelled out in Morse code, uh, Azrael. Which Azrael, if you guys want to know about this, I know it actually because of the DC Comics from Vertigo, Lucifer Morningstar, more so than the actual fucking Bible. I shouldn't say the F word before the Bible, but more so than the Bible. Apologize to any Christians out there. Um and he was cast out of uh, heaven. He wasn't one of God's favorites like Lucifer was. He was a very, you know, uh, aggressive concept. But this happened to be what the codes meant, you know, with, with carrying cross. Do we think the White Rabbit is leading us to the Mad Hatter who's controlling different things? You know, it's just all imagery, all cool things. It It includes different platforms. I mean, there's been so much to go out of the way. I don't think it's possible it's anyone else besides Bray Wyatt. And yes, there is going to be a part in time where we're going to get sick of waiting, but still, creatively, following the clues is fun. It's a cool aspect to it, and it's keeping me interested on whatever the fuck I believe Bray Wyatt is, Bray Wyatt is doing in the future. Chris, what did you go down the quote-unquote rabbit hole? How old is Raven? Is he younger than Jericho? <laughs> I can find out for you. <laughs> it's Raven. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, no, I did Who's not. Who's one of Bray's favorite wrestlers of all time, remember? Yeah, it checks out based on the promos. Uh, um, I think it's a cool concept. I think it's uh, really fun. It gets the audience involved, especially the younger audience. And lots of people like to do this mystery thing. I just like to be surprised. Like, I, I just prefer, like, they showed up. That's cool. They have some cool music. Um, maybe a vignette or something, but, like, this whole chasing things down on Twitter or chasing, like, addresses down to direct locations based on area code, that's too much for me, man. I am not Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. <laughs> I am oh, not that you are, guy. You are cutting yourself short. All this shit was easy to do. Everyone figured it out on Twitter in two seconds. Yeah, Come all on. you had to do was look at Twitter because someone else figured it out for you. You didn't have to actually do any work. Like, 
the the majority of the audience at WWE is like my age to 48. We just waited till someone else did it. <laughs> Not gonna screenshot this. The idea is to get younger people involved, and it worked. Um, rolling into that SmackDown, SmackDown got like one of the best ratings had in like three years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's because they thought Bray was going to show up, and he didn't. And then Raw took an absolute nosedive. Um, so uh, it's diminishing returns at this point. And uh, yeah, as far as Bray coming back, it, and I've said this before, and everyone who's listened to this podcast, have a good match. Come back and have a good match. That's that. That's the biggest thing, right? Sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, but I still find it really interesting. I'm looking forward to all this. And uh, I think Extreme Rules is probably the time that we will see whatever iteration of Bray Wyatt this is. So, I, I can't, hey, it's I interesting. Kinda, I kind of I hate he's coming back at Extreme Rules, though. I don't think he is. I think he's coming back Halloween on Raw. Um, Which I mean, if Raw see. is on Halloween, that seems like a perfect time. And why not? You were kind of suggesting this, since you're not using it for NXT this year, and since you see AEW do it all the time and NXT, just call the Monday Night Raw Halloween Havoc Raw edition or some shit. Like, yeah, like get I mean, Sami Zayn dressed as a zombie or something. Like that'd be fun, right? Like, I guess. Uh, I would do that there as opposed to because when you say extreme rules and everyone thinks Bray's coming back, he's going to interfere in the match. Right. Yep. And no one wants to really see that in an extreme rules match. Is there anyone that's like, you know, it'd be great if Bray interfered in an AJ Styles match. That'd be amazing. No. No, there there would be one match that would make the most sense, and it's not on that, and that's a match with Roman Reigns. You know, there's no Roman on that card, from what I remember. He's not facing anyone, so, you know, what the hell? Who else is he going to go for to start something with? Yeah, it's going to be, be interesting. It, it it would be Edge, I guess, and then he is part of uh, Judgment Day, which is... I'm kind of with you, though, on the initial concept that I like. The idea of Bray being by himself, like even them hinting at possibly this Azrael guy being cross because it was right on his face for cross. Cross got kicked out of WWE, made himself back into that and has, you know, vengeance. Same fucking story. But I could see that they they were hinting at it beforehand. But I don't want him in Judgment Day at all. I kind of want him just by himself, just fucking causing havoc because. You know, he's really good at spectacle more so than in ring stuff. Obviously, we established that. Well, I mean, we'll see, right? Like, if you stretch a Bray Wyatt match out, maybe it'll be better. Like, yep. it, 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 they're getting 15 minute matches. He he works slower, right? He has the methodical pace of Drew McIntyre. I hate that kind of match, but they're there and and they do good jobs at it. Would you like Drew McIntyre Triple Triple H? Uh, Etc. Which I've yelled about. Randy Orton to some extent. I think Orton's gotten better, but uh, because they're like Orton, get your shit in in seven minutes, and he eventually just got it. Uh, but man, did uh, you hear what Dave said about Orton? This is kind of tied to Bray Wyatt because they were kind of tied in multiple storylines. But apparently, Orton's 
what the speculation is, his back injury that he still hasn't come back from, he's still healing up from, is from years of him falling on his back directly, different places, from doing the RKO itself. No. He, he hits it Dave on his saying. shoulders. Dave's wrong. He's never taken a bump in his life. He's fucking wrong. There, well, I'm. I, I, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the uh, top of the back. He might be talking about his lower back, the way he falls. It's always on that. He doesn't lay on his. He he rolls on the top of his shoulder every time he hits an RKO. He's fucking. Dave's wrong. <laughs> All right. All right. You said it first, but uh, you know, it's Hulk Hogan did the leg drop, compress his spine. You know. Well, that's di- you're falling straight on your ass. There's no. <laughs> well, repetition over time can still cause problems if you're doing it constantly, you know? Well, well, yeah. Also, Orton, every time he, like, hits one of those out of nowhere, he lands on his side. He doesn't even – whatever. Did, did Dave really say this? Is this a thing? Mm-hmm. Did he ask Brian Alvarez before he said it? <laughs> Do you think he ever, even if it's important, asked Brian Alvarez for an opinion on something? <laughs> he probably should have in this situation because the fuck is he on about – well, um, look, Chris, I mean, I you can look for yourself, but I am the, in the gift section right now, and I put RKO, and I mean, he does fall in the middle end of his lower back every time. He rolls, but that's the first thing he hits usually, and then he rolls over. Yeah, he takes a perfect flat back bump that he would do on a back body drop or, a, a, like, that is, oh, saying he blew his back out on an RKO is kind of baffling. That That is... uh. Well, I didn't say that. I said that that's where the injury is stemming from, is what he said. The guy's taking like a bazillion bumps through tables and shit. The, the injury's stemming from so the RKO. If, <laughs> oh, my God. So if if he's doing all that plus that, it's going to be more damage over time, right? I mean, of course, but the RKO is not going to be the thing that would cause the back injuries. That's just one bump on top of the match that he's doing seven bumps. His DDT, his draping DDT is a harder back bump than the RKO. I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm just, <laughs> I'll find the article for you. Uh, I don't but, think it's I mean, that crazy. I, I hope Randy's well. Like, <laughs> he's, he's great. He's really good in the ring. God damn it, we were talking about Bray Wyatt. So let me get back there. Um, with Bray, I I think he needs to come in single. Don't throw him in Judgment Day. Don't put him with Edge. Uh, I, though I think that's the worst thing they could do because that harkens back to what Vince was trying to do with people. Let's bring him in and put the scary guys together, kind of thing. Yeah, and that's bad. Yeah, but, what was what was probably the worst run for Undertaker? I would say arguably during the fact when he wasn't the leader of fucking that huge goddamn what was it called? The, the Ministry cor- of cor- the corporate, corporate Ministry, ministry <laughs> where Vince was his fucking palpatine to his Darth Vader basically. Yeah. Also, it is scary to know that Undertaker has unlimited power. Um <laughs> uh, I was trying yeah. to do that like Vince didn't work out too well. <laughs> <laughs> he did start crucifying people. Kurt Angle's yeah, like, that's a good point. 
crucified raven i'm out <laughs> no that dude that someone. wouldn't that have been fun you no know, that's exactly it's like he see he sees that whole entire thing with sandman and raven he's like i'm out and he's like all right i'll check your monday night raw and like what if it was that night where he crucified <laughs> stone cold it's like god damn like, it is that all you guys are about in pro wrestling is crucifying people I think Raven years later has got the fucking title, like the hardcore title on him. He's looking at Curry. He's like, heard you said that's the reason you, <laughs> you want to be part of ECW. You're smart. <laughs> All uh, right, let's move on to something else, Chris. This is a weird subject. Well, I want to say something real quick about Bray Wyatt before you go on. Okay. All right. There is something very interesting they can do with him, which is him versus the Usos as a solo person like Sting. Think Sting. He's the only person that shows up to take take care of this monster group that's continuously growing. You know, they beat they beat Drew, they beat Kevin, they beat uh God damn, Bobby, they beat, they, I mean, Goldberg, Brock, they beat everyone. Bringing the Fiend back as the Sting character to take down that group is Sting going against NWO, right? So if you want to do the Fiend or you want to do a masked, like, Fiend gimmick, don't put him in some random-ass thing on Raw. Have him come straight out and, like, you know, whatever weapon he would have, point directly at, like, Roman, like, hey, I'm going to fuck you up. That's what I would do. I love that idea, man, because, ah, uh, like, I would start, and this could be a good way to kind of, if you don't want to have them just beat the shit out of Sammy for no reason, like, they get fed up with them. What if he nabs Sammy first and they just don't really care? Like, they don't put any effort in trying to save him, and that causes some dissension between them. Uh, that would be kind of interesting because you got to go after the kind of the, you know, from the bottom to the top. And I'm sure in Roman's idea, even though Sammy's the honorary oose, he's probably lowest in the cha- um, food chain because he's not actually a part of their fucking family, let's be honest. I love Kevin Owens coming up to him last night and being like, Hey, well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, so you're on the outside? Oh, okay, that's good. Roman wasn't there. Jay wouldn't let him in the locker room. That was a interesting choice. <laughs> Kevin Owens is like, what is that shirt? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I'm an honorary use. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's lots of. The biggest thing is, what do you do with Roman? And if you're gonna spend a lot of money to bring back in Bray, and the fans are really behind him, I guess time will tell. Because, uh, like I said, it it was really high for SmackDown, but it dropped off on Monday for this these QR codes. But also Monday Night Football, people love football. Yep. Um. What did they get, like 1.7 total, I think? Yeah, 1.5, 1.7, something like that. But it's also Monday Night Football, so it's like, okay. I don't it, even know it, the teams that were playing. Were they big? I don't I don't care. I was watching wrestling, so. <laughs> <laughs> you 
You would know over me, man. She, I mean, like, it's not it's not hockey season yet, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Your, a shit. your fucking sport is going to cost me to not be able to watch Dynamite or some shit. <laughs> yes, it is. For good it. reason. There'll be real fights Basketball on that. Basketball starts and does the same <laughs> shit, and you like that crap, too. A jerk? <laughs> yes, I'm a jerk. <laughs> Damn um, right I am. You you fucking ever seen the New Jersey Devils three times Stanley Cup winners? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So what what would you do with Bray? Right? Like my idea is coming this thing definitely goes after the bloodline that sets up whatever they're going to do at Rumble, which I'm assuming is Cody is just going to win Rumble. Because they still not locked down this Dwayne the Rock Johnson deal, which is what they've been building for forever. Uh, yeah, I I think I don't know, man. There's two people now, in my opinion, that make. Well, I'll put three. I'll put a third up there too. But I don't think this will happen. But there's three people to me now that Drew. I mean, if you weren't gonna have Drew win it in the UK. And get the championship and then have the boxing champion come out and hang out with them, then it's got to be one of three people that gets that belt off of Roman to me. It's the potential of if this is Bray Wyatt at any version of him, Cody coming back from injury, or maybe Seth Rollins. And that one I'm doubtful, but Kevin Owens maybe at four. I I don't see that happening either, just like Seth, but those are probably your biggest possibilities or maybe a Randy Orton if you were to come back, but I don't see that happening either. I mean, if you, if you're going to, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make him no, drop edge the already belt, lost. Yeah. If you're going to make him drop the belt, why would it not be to Bray coming yeah. in? Right. Either Bray, Bray, Bray and Cody make the most sense. If you're talking about mania, especially, um, but I would love them if they still get the Rock. To me, I don't need the title on the line for the Roman Rock match. You can get break at the title off of Roman. It'd be understandable. Kind of have a feud for a little while. Roman moves on, and then have Cody and Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, or whatever at WrestleMania for the title. That would be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean Cody could win the Rumble, but you still have Bray in the Elimination Chamber. And yeah. win the title and set that up because I mean I, I really do feel like they're holding the title in case they get a Roth match, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, but at some point you have to just realize that maybe you're not getting a Roth match. <laughs> That's what Cody's there for. So I like if I was taking hard bets on the Royal Rumble, I'd be like Cody's gonna win the Royal Rumble. And Bray will have a feud with the Wyatt family beforehand and a strong showing in the Rumble, be my guess. No, I know that's I completely not agree. What, that's not what Bray fans want to hear because, like, when he shows up, they want him to be pushed to the top. But I don't necessarily think that uh, that's what's going to happen. I think Cody's a bigger star, especially coming out of uh, that feud with Seth Rollins and coming straight back in. We'll have one more match with Seth. He'll go into the Rumble. Maybe win the Rumble, that leads to Mania. If they don't have the Rock. If they have the Rock, then the Rock has to win the Rumble. Since your titles are combined. 
basically. But I've said this before. Do we really need the title on the line with Rock and Roman? No, which means that, like, someone has to win it beforehand. But then it would be, like, either Cody, it'd be Cody versus Bray, right? At that yeah. point. It's interesting. Those are definitely some of your biggest stars. Seth and Kevin are pretty much right after that. Edge and Randy Orton, two of the bigger legends. Hopefully, Randy will be coming back soon. But those it, two specifically seem like if it's not going to be The Rock that beats and takes the title off of Roman, which I don't see happening, Bray and Cody are your best two people if you can't do The Rock, one of those guys. There's also a question, and I've heard a lot of people say this. I don't know how you feel about it, Chris, but including Bray Wyatt, I know we're in L.A. and has no correlation. Maybe Survivor Series would make more sense. I know a lot of people, based on his his Hall of Fame speech, would just like to see Mark Calloway in one last actual wrestling match. Not a fucking videotaped one. And I don't know how I feel about this concept. To me, Taker's, ta- Taker's done. But there is still part of me that, God damn it, we didn't get Taker in one last actual wrestling match. And if you're not going to do him and AJ and run that back again... Really putting over Bray at Mania would be a huge thing, possibly, I guess, or something else. Do you have any interest in Undertaker coming back to Squared Circle at all? Yeah, but it has nothing to do with WWE. It would be with Conrad's company. Um, It would be bringing someone in for AEW, like maybe a Jericho as the Ring of Jericho champion. Or bringing in a Samoa Joe, or or someone different. Um, I'm I'm trying to think about people on the WWE roster taking as a face. You know, the AJ thing was a perfect send off. So like, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have one last match. Really put him against like a Jay Lethal, or like a. I mean, Kevin Owens would be perfect, but they're not gonna put him in that situation, right? WWE guy. He got Austin. I think that says a lot. <laughs> Kevin Owens is like, I got everybody. Austin called Undertaker's like, I think this kid can work. You ain't got to do nothing except drive four wheeler. What? Uh, <laughs> I do have to say, though, even though I agree with you, it is a great send off. The fact that we didn't get him in front of like, what, 40 to 70,000 people, you know, one last time, there's just always going to be something weird about that concept. But wouldn't you rather see him, like, go out on, like, the Conrad-type show with, like, 2,000 fans versus someone you've never seen him face before? No, I I would want him in WWE, honestly. Really? (laughs) I I don't want to see him in some fucking small thing. You couldn't even go by The Undertaker. You'd have to go by Mark Calloway. Fuck that. No, I'm good. Unless it's against Muda. Uh, All right. What if it was against Okada? Sure. That's a little bit different, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's an off <laughs> like, branch. I mean, but, but who would you, I mean, who we're going, we're going from, we're going from, wouldn't it be cool if Taker could come back to straight fantasy? That's never going to happen at all. But he's wrestled, all, he's wrestled all the, he's wrestled all the top guys. He's wrestled Brock. He's wrestled Roman. He's wrestled AJ. He's wrestled Bobby. He's wrestled, he's wrestled fucking everybody. Like he's wrestled, Ke- like him and Kevin have had like a match before, right? 
Him and Damien, I guess. That's a new guy that kind of has a little bit of similar character to him. I don't know. I could say Bri- Bray again as kind of really giving him the monster, Phil. You know? Um, I mean, I saw them 20 minutes on Mania, and that was not that was not good in 2012. Whichever one where The Rock was like, hey, I got Ronda Rousey. She's my friend in Miami or whatever. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible and say that we've been talking about the whole Bray Wyatt thing for more than enough time. We are moving on, sir. Uh, mostly I mean, because this is it, it is a thing that most people are interested in. <laughs> so I know I think that we've gone above and beyond where we could go with the whole possibility. Bray's coming back. That's the biggest thing. So we'll see what they decide to do. But I think me and you, when it comes down to it's we want to see what the fuck Bray could do in the ring. That's going to differ our opinions of him. And also if he can actually do a lot of stuff creatively by himself, instead of having involvement with fucking television writers and Vince McMahon up his ass. So hear, hear me out. Bray comes back as the white rabbit. He has a bodyguard and that man's name is abyss. That'd be cool. I'll take Eric Redbeard, honestly, at this point, too, if, if he wants to come back with him. But Abyss would be awesome. I love that. Um, all right. Malachi Black. Uh, this is like a double story. So we have these reports. We, we It's basically wrestlers versus the, the journalists. Weird. Not like a, a fucking normal occurrence or anything like that. But they're saying one thing. We're seeing another thing. Uh, apparently, Buddy and Malachi are not leaving AEW, and they were never leaving. Uh, with Buddy, we don't really know exactly, but with Malachi specifically, he's saying when he said goodbye to the audience and all that type of stuff, that that was because he was leaving for a good portion of time that he worked out with Tony because he needed to work on his head, which Tony granted him. Uh, you know, And then Buddy, we don't know if he's – we're assuming – that he, they were going to let his contract run out, but apparently that's not the case from what he's saying. They're both saying, don't believe what you hear from the the the, the evil word, the dirt sheets. Um, but we also find out that AEW, basically, they announced they're not granting releases if people just ask it if they have multiple years, which obviously they should do. Um, so all these reports that, you know, Triple H might have calling up whether it be a Swerve Strickland, whether it be a Malachi Black, whether it be an Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, we're hearing these rumors. It ain't going to happen until your fucking contract's up. And most of these contracts have an extension that AEW, Tony Khan, not the wrestler, has the right to include, um, you know, if they want them for more time. So that's supposed to benefit the wrestler itself, but. You know, opposite of WWE would never do something like that, I don't think. Um, but there's a lot of this going on. I don't know what to believe. I kind of find it weird that Malachi would say goodbye at a pay-per-view, especially the biggest pay-per-view, All Out. They lose, and he goes out of character, even if it's not shot on camera, but for the live audience, says goodbye to them and does whatever if it was just going to be like a month off. Um, it really sucks that he's not involved in the storyline with Muda and Sting and Darby, which I find weird. And I can't wait, speaking of Darby, uh, for Darby and Jay Lethal to both get a double count out and both lose next week on Rampage, because um, somehow that's going to happen. 
um, since they both never seem to win, even though they're two of the best in the company, in my opinion. Um, but anyways, just getting back to this. I don't think you should be granted a release if you just ask for it. I think that you should have to go on your contract and finish that up. And I think that Tony does need to stick to his guns about this. And maybe there is some false information that happens all the time or assumptions that don't have as much credibility as maybe journalists are trying to say. But at the same time, it's leaking somewhere. And at the same time, you know, what the fuck are we supposed to believe? Um, So there is that. So, yeah, we'll find out what Malachi plans to do when he gets back. Uh, Buddy and him and Brody all will be on a team still, or they're going to go more with him in the singles. I still haven't gotten my dream match of him and Kenny Omega. I've always wanted to see the two of them work together. Um, But then again, Kenny's suspended. We don't know what the (laughs) hell's going on with him in the box. Anyways, and CM Punk has an arm brace on. So that, 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 that's, that's it. So no one's leaving unless Tony says they're fucking leaving, Chris. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. This, this guy's like blowing kisses to the audience and then doing like promos offline and being like, yeah, my mental health, I'm stick I'm can't, I'm, he didn't say cancel, cancel's not right. I'm released. He did say he was released with circumstances around it. Like that was that this whole him coming back and be like, oh, no, we never even talked about that. It's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> dude. Like there's not I get if you're like a Fox News guy or a CNN guy, you get both sides of the story. But sometimes there is one story <laughs> you'd have opposite opinions of it, but it's still one story, right? Uh, the Malachi Black thing, he he wanted to be done. And for whatever reason he wanted to be done, he wanted to be done. And no news outlet reported it any differently. They were all there. They all I know what it. happened. He, he started, you know, Triple H took fucking over. He was like, I'm sick of losing in three-man matches with my group that I put work into. And I don't think I'm ever going to get a singles run. And, you know, Triple H probably had fucking Taker call him up and been like, so uh, actually, I can't do a Taker accent. <laughs> so I'm not going to. Oh, God, that. one soul for one. Malachi, <laughs> Malachi, come back to WWE in your home and we'll work some stuff out together. We were supposed to do before Vince canned it and the pandemic happened. So I'm sure it was something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, like. He's in a weird spot, right? But then, like, as soon as he did all this, it's like, well, we're setting it off. Like, like they were start. Like, why? Why did he decide to do it now? Because they were going to push him versus Miro as a feud, or him versus Sting. Everyone thought that. When's the last time Miro had a fucking match? Six months now. Miro said three weeks because everybody's scared on Twitter. (laughs) But also. The feud was supposed to be him and fucking Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> so Malachi doing whatever he was doing also killed Miro's return. Regardless. So it's like I'm going to lean on the state of he 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 asked for an out and they were like, nah, <laughs> and now he's backpedaling it. Yeah, I 
kind of tend to agree with you. And I mean, I don't blame him if he thinks grass is, uh, you know, is greener, but at the same time, you got to uphold your contract and hopefully they do something that I go. I, I mean, I understand he wasn't used the bet. His team was looked fucking awesome, but they did always fucking lose. And I could see, you know, Andrade well, I mean, apparently has the same a- aggravation. Um, there's a lot of guys that have might have been contacted to that we see on a weekly basis, like Samoa Joe's barely fucking used. You know, I could see like, God damn, like Triple H is now running raw, like and SmackDown, like, fuck. If we just waited and dealt with that old man. He did release like half of them, though, to be honest. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I was going to be uh, I was like, to be fair, he they did just fire Samoa Joe as NXT champion. It wasn't like, a, oh, Joe, <laughs> Joe's like, I, I want to be released. It was not one of those scenarios. Does Rikishi know that his last son might not be his and might be Samoa Joe's? Because um just saying, Solo Sokoa. <laughs> Dude, Solo is so great. Solo is so fucking great. Oh Paying a little God. tribute to one of his mentors that taught him at NXT. Fucking SmackDown. Also, the, Tony the black Storm. and red trunks. Also, Tony Storm, watch the ass splash. He doesn't even connect with the head. Stop killing people with your hip, bruh. Like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> That's a hip attack for sure. Yeah. Um, trying to murder people out here. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, going back to the Malachi, Malachi is gonna he's gonna have to come back to AEW if he wants to wrestle or make money. He's locked up under contract, and that goes back to what I was saying last weekend. We're gonna see more of this until wrestlers like figure out a way to get trades between these top companies or they have a union, which, you know, that's been a thing that's floated around since the eighties, which is never. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Tony down for that. Then. Huh? Yeah. Then he got fucked over by Vince McMahon. (laughs) He's like, nah, no unions ever. (laughs) And we both called it all this. Go back three years ago to AEW. It's like, Oh, it's fine. They're pulling people from WWE. It'll turn back around. Like, everyone wanting to jump, it'll turn back around. Because, like, the grass is always greener, right? It's always been that yeah. way in wrestling. And that's what happened. And now... And when- also, to be fair, I don't think anyone thought not only Vince was going to have to step down randomly, but Hunter would be put in place, you know, to take over creatively. So, there is that part. You know, that's, that's a huge fucking out-of-nowhere concept. Uh, change the uh, opinions I would say of wrestlers. Yeah, I mean that to some extent, right? But yeah, like it, it's one you you still don't know because Vince still owns like what was he? He owns the majority stock of the company, so he still has the end all say all, even if you're not controlling. God damn it, it. Vince gave me this walkie talkie. <laughs> he literally has from Stanford, and he's gonna call me whenever on this. I'm turning the fucking thing off. He doesn't know you can do that. <laughs> For some right. reason in my mind, I have Vince on the phone talking to Lemmy from Motorhead. <laughs> the ghost <laughs> like, of Lemmy? The, the ghost of Lemmy talking to Vince. <laughs> and Vince is like fucking, uh, God, what is his name? Rick <laughs> from Walking Dead talking on the phone. He's like, you don't I... understand all I've lost. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, I don't know why that ran through my head, but goddamn, it's funny. <laughs> well, to get out of the realm of wrestlers that were trying to get out, there's three wrestlers that seem like they were kind of shown off. Um, well, one has been there for a little while, but I wouldn't be surprised if these three wrestlers are all elite within the next couple of weeks. I don't know what's gone on with Morrissey. I know he's been there. Uh, he's definitely one that I feel like is going to take a permanent stay there, just waiting for whatever. But the two that were featured on Dynamite going for the world titles, uh, Juice going against someone he's beaten twice with John Moxley for the AW title. Uh, from what he has said, that it is reported that he is no longer represents New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if that's actually official. And that AEW is very interested in him was another article uh, recent, uh, written and I think reported by either Dave or Brian. Um, and then I'll, Bandito, who has ties AAA, which allows him to bounce back and forth, but doesn't have any uh, affiliation with any American you know, and very much put over from Rey Mysterio and a lot of other Mexican legends um, and was a great Ring of Honor champion. Went against Chris Jericho and a very, uh, well, Chris Jericho versus Rey. If Rey wasn't as coordinated as Rey, because Bandito's great, but, you know, give me a break. And Jericho was way older. So, <laughs> I, but they I, tried. I thought it was more a good of match. like a, I thought it was more like a um, Eddie Guerrero type match. Yeah, Honestly. I can see that, too. I kind of love the fact that Seth, who in a lot of ways doesn't do it as well, but tries to do Jericho-like reinvention, kind of has a little bit of that cocky demeanor, went against Rey Mysterio, and then we would see Bandito, who's been put over the moon by Rey, going against Chris Jericho two days later. That was kind of a cool... And I definitely enjoyed the Seth and Rey match. I'll just say that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, uh, for... <laughs> There's one spot in this match me and you both hated, which was that stalling suplex. Uh, but I, I, I just heard, don't get it. But I heard Alvarez put it in a different way, and the crowd was dead before that happened. And they counted to 59 seconds or however long he held it, and they popped. And that got the crowd back into the match, and you're like, God damn it, I guess that's one of those performance but that means the things. crowds are stupid, like... I was about to say crowds are stupider. That, that just means the crowds are dumber, though. If, if it really takes, like, you got Chris Jericho in the fucking ring with a modern luchador, hopeful, hopeful legend, you know, in Bandito, and it takes a thing that looks completely unrealistic and stupid for a whole entire minute because they can count. I, I understand where Alvarez is coming from, though. It you got to get the crowd. crowd back into it. Yeah, he, they, it popped the crowd. So, uh, and after that, the match was on a running start, and Bendy didn't look like a million bucks. And also, fucking 175 year old Chris Jericho selling all of these moves. <laughs> the man almost died. <laughs> then decided he's gonna hit the DDP yoga or whatever. Got in shape, and he's like. All of the moves. I am the Lionheart now. Like, what is this? Is he a cat? Is he actually a lion? Does he have and does he have nine lives? Basically, because I God would, uh, damn yeah. it, <laughs> this man—he's hitting lucha spots like he didn't even do in '95. He's like, oh, you want you want to do a Hurricane Rana and I'm fly off into the, onto the floor? All right, cool. Sounds great. <laughs> like. The fuck are you doing, Jericho? 
It's incredible, but Jesus Christ. He's defying age, man. I mean, and not only that, he's getting more... Like, before he was doing a brawling style, and as soon as he started, like, getting around, even beforehand, but, like, the whole, like, going back to the quote-unquote Lionheart Chris Jericho, you know, he's been putting on more high-flying performances that he was known for. And Chris Jericho will say it first, even when Chris Jericho was at the top. I don't think he was ever like had the finesse or was ever as crisp as say a Shawn Michaels or an AJ Styles, but he was still a great fucking wrestler through and through. So hey, great if he wrestler, still wants better I, promo than the two you named. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's where Chris definitely highlights himself and puts himself over. Um, I'll say that obviously with like a modern guy like Seth, same thing, but yeah, I just, he's doing great, man. And I just really, every time he does the, it's it's because of Hayabusa. I know that he didn't hit a rope when he did it. He just fucking hit the apron and d- would do a backflip, which is fucking crazy because that takes way more leg strength. But Jericho doing those springboards and doing the, the lion salt scares the fuck out of me every single time. Bandito saved his ass on that one. He skated. Yeah. He, he slid into it and caught him. And I was like, that's a damn good wrestler. Watch that Bandito spot for everyone out there. It's like, this is how you work. Bandito's like, he going to miss. I'm too far center. He cuts in like four on his shoulder, like in cells and catches him perfectly. It's fucking amazing. And also just Chris, you don't need to do the lion salt anymore. We know you can do it, but you don't do it. Like if you're going to do a moonsault, go off the top, like Terry Funk. Like, oh God, old ass Chris Jericho's on the top rope. <laughs> do, do that spot, right? I agree, man. Uh, but, like, just going back to it, I said Morrissey, which I think Morrissey's a good big and We put him over an impact. He's definitely – this is going to sound insulting. I don't mind being the sound insulting to Andre or the big show, but as a big man, I put him more towards, like, a Kevin Nash as far as, like, a giant good-looking dude. It's just because big show's a good-looking guy. They, he looks like a fucking giant. Kevin Nash, he just looked like a tall – you know, that's why he was in that stripper movie with um from Soderbergh. Matt, I forgot the hell. Magic, it, Mike. Magic Mike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm just he, thinking of 21 Jump Street whenever I think of that because I can't think of that guy's name now. God damn, that shit's funny. Um, But, you know, it, but specifically these two guys, they were definitely showing off. They were, they were showing off Bandito and they were showing off Juice Robinson, or like, I would like to say the, the child of Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Bruce the Barber Beefcake, and Bo Dallas. But <laughs> I still really like Juice in the ring. I think he's great. Do you think these guys will have potential? Um, you know, because they technically are kind of losing people. There isn't a lot of gaps, though. But, I mean, I guess that we can do something with these dudes, right? So you're talking about Stokely's group, right, specifically? No, just just Juice Robinson and Bandito. Okay, so so Juice got his absolute ass beat in this match. He, did. he got stiffed really hard in this match. Um, I don't know if it was a receipt or what, but there's one move where fucking Moxley just railed him with a kick. Do you know what which which spot I'm talking about? Where he's outside the ring, he just railed. I him. do. Okay. I don't. I, I, I kind of assume Moxley didn't really see what you know how far he was or something. I don't know. They probably he probably did. He probably just kicked him in the face. 
but I absolutely love the finish of this match. And I know other podcasters have said this as well, but it was, it was nice to see like the MMA arm bar be like, Nope, about to rip my arm out of my socket tap. Like immediately, as soon as it happened, he was like, Nope. <laughs> Cause that that's what you would do in a UFC fight. If you got caught that way, you're like, no, he will just rip my arm out of the socket. Like if Nate Diaz caught you with that, you're done, right? Yep. <laughs> you're just like, nope, that's it. Or Connor caught you with some, Connor McGregor caught you, or you know, like uh, uh, Saint Pierre caught you with that. You're done. <laughs> you're done, dude. I love the quick tap on that, and and then I switch over to WWE on SmackDown, and they're rotating that thing around and flipping it, and it's like, it looks looks bad. <laughs> I think I'm yep. done with the fake UFC list switch moves. Only certain people should pull it off, and I think only people, certain people, pull it off well. Uh, I think I think Ronda has been doing the hook style, which is I'm gonna judo toss your ass. Great, <laughs> but then they fuck that up later as well. But uh, no, to answer your question, uh, the Moxley. Uh, <sighs> Do do I think they should hire Juice? Do do Maybe. you think that Bandito I'd hire and Juice him as a tag team? Juice and Finley, because if Juice is not signed, Finley's not signed. So I I would put them as a tag team. Um, okay, well, just just if these were tryout matches per se, or whatever, do you think that Juice and Bandito would fit in well on AEW? Yeah. Of course. I mean, they're both great workers. They were great workers wherever they were coming from, right? Like, no one was like, that bandito, he had a real shitty match with Gresham. Should should <laughs> Juice take maybe a barber-styled gimmick uh, when he comes to AEW, if he does? <laughs> who, who did you say? Should have a barber-style? Juice. Juice? Yeah, yeah. Should, should Juice Robinson, Juice the Barber Robinson. There you go. Like his dad, at Leslie. <laughs> yes. And if they yeah, ever get Hammerstone, they can just put him with him for some reason. Wait, start ch- chopping off masks and hair. Um, I love right. Juice, but I don't understand. Um, I don't understand this with Moxley because they have a ranking system, or they did, or they're ignoring it. There's other cats. <laughs> Two titles. I mean, Two titles on the line. Neither one of them. Both of them had new guys that might be coming into the company the, as the opposed Jericho, to whoever's on the, the ranking. But the Jericho one made more sense because at least like Bandito lost the title, never got a rematch. That happens in yeah. boxing. Like you lose, someone else skips past you, but you get a rematch. Like that happens. And if you're going through one to three or whatever, and like this guy had the title, he lost to Gresham. And uh, I beat Gresham or or someone beat Gresham and I beat them. But, you know, that skips around. I'm okay with that. It's just when random people show up, they're like, yo, number one title contender, let's go. (laughs) Like, I I have more of a problem with that. And I heard AEW is slowly skating away from the, the ranking system. And I hate that. I really do. Because I feel like the ranking system is an easy thing to book around. 
Because you don't have to be one and two. You could be one and four. You could be one and five, like boxing, UFC. Like, just because you're number one, you're not facing number two, right? Like, you're facing number four. Whatever you can set up match-wise. Just make it feel like a big match. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but, I mean, it's not like they were really utilizing them that well uh, when they had them. So, or yeah, they were I mean, forcing them as yeah. much. Hate it. That's I I agree. I hate it too. I we um, were yelling about this in WWE when they did when we were talking about brand splits even before AEW started. It's like if you're gonna treat it like a sport, treat it like a sport. Yep. Right? So All right, well, um there's a couple of things to talk about about each programs, which is highlights themselves. Uh Monday Night Raw, we already talked about the Bray Wyatt stuff involved in it. Um trying to think of like other things that got situated. We're going to have Finn Balor versus edge. That should be a good match. I don't think I remember either of those guys going at it in the ring. So I'm excited about that. And then we have four 20 minute matches. Um, the first one was, I guess the weakest I've just seen Io Shirai or Io Sky. I mean, uh, and, and Bianca air matches that just flowed better, but the match with Rey Mysterio and fucking Seth Rollins was awesome. Uh, the match with, yeah, the match with, uh, Damian Priest, um, who did he go against? I'm sorry. I had these all right the fuck here. Um, Damian Priest, uh, was great. Uh, AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. It was, oh yeah, it was Damian Priest and fucking Matt Riddle. And then, um, Sami Zayn and AJ Styles had an amazing match. Um, so all of them were close to 20 minutes, really good matches. They're trying to still incorporate the WWE style, but like NXT did, give it some some room, you know. And um, I liked everything that happened with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, the only um, problem I really had with this is Bobby Lashley wasn't on Monday Night Raw as the U.S. champion because he should be the top guy on that brand. They didn't really continue yeah, what, anything with him. Wasn't he in a video where he just gave like Riddle a pep talk and just said, "Hey, kid, you're gonna do good." And Matt Riddle I, was like, "Thanks, Bobby." I think that's all that he did. So I missed that completely. If if he did that, I missed it. I watched the match. The matches were great um, because you put good wrestlers in there together. But like with Bobby, he this goes back to what I was talking about last weekend. If you're, you're the U S champ or the IC champ, you should be the macho man to the Hogan. Right. I feel like Bobby is that, but you also have to put him on the fucking show. You can't yep. just have him be like, good job, riddle and tap him on the back. <laughs> like he needs to show up and just start murdering people. <laughs> Remind people who he is. Like Bobby Lashley's great. <laughs> like really good. Especially in the past uh, year and a half, that man has grown leaps and bounds. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. But that that was more of my problem is uh, I think they they were trying to do the U.S. intercontinental thing, and uh, they did a better job on SmackDown. I will say with the uh, Valter. Uh, Better match between and, – and no offense, I thought Riddle and Damian Priest had a great match to end it, but AJ Styles and Sami Zayn or Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins? I'm going to go AJ and Sami. 
I'm gonna go. I just—I was gonna say by a hair, by a hair they beat them. <laughs> but they're both great matches. Oh, Ray Mysterio me. Jr. You talk about Chris fucking Jericho. How the hell is he able to work like this still? Like he, whatever fucking he decided to do, plus the surgery that he got on his back. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. And also not top guy. They're like, Ray, you're going to be in our mid card so you can work with your son. And he's like, all right. (laughs) I love the stuff with his son and Rio. Everything they do. I love Ray. We talked about it. I thought it was awesome where his son came out. He made eye contact with Seth. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Made contact with Seth. Had the chair. Seth was like wondering if he's going to hit him. Just walks around him and just smiles at him. And goes and puts a chair and just sits to watch his dad get his ass kicked. Very good work, man. Very good work. Yeah, it's it's, it's good stuff. I, I like the storyline. It's funny because they <laughs> there's so many good storylines they could have set up with <laughs> Eddie and his son leading up to here. I'm glad this Dude, one paid that, off. They have to be going that way. I want – I don't care if this is like, you know, maybe leading to Mania and maybe even – you know, Dominic's a heel, but he's not necessarily with this group. But I want to – I would love for them to bring that up. Like, Dominic be like, what? Are we just never going to ad- address the elephant in the room? Do we forget the past, Dad? You're not my dad. Eddie Guerrero is my father. And kind of like, bring it back up. He's like, my hair, everything, look at me. Look at me in the face. Like, you know, it's all a lie what you've been giving me. Like, really just delve into that. Even though it's a stupid fucking storyline, I think it has legs to work nowadays with Dominic being a wrestler. I actually love the storyline of hair versus mask with Rhea versus Ray and have an intergender match. Because Ray is small and Rhea is like bigger than a lot of people on the roster, right? Like you can have a good match for that. I have absolutely no problem with that match because they would work their asses off and it'd be a fucking great match. If if we're if we're talking about that same concept with Mania though, if it was Dominic and Ray, especially how Dominic's rocking Eddie's old hairstyle, it would be kind of cool if he became a mask for his hair with the two of them. You know, where like Ray's like, I want you to get that fucking mullet the fuck out of here. I'm your dad. You know. Yeah, the only the only problem with Ray is we, and and this goes either way. If you go with uh, uh, Rhea Ripley or Dominic, because we've already seen Ray without his mask. You know, it's it's they kill it. <laughs> it got killed by Eric Bischoff. Well, he looked uh, like a five year old then. Maybe he looks like a twenty year old in the face now. I'm gonna go on a limb and say probably not. Nah. <laughs> I'm gonna say he looks slightly aged with maybe some crow's feet in a goatee. <laughs> go. Good for you though, Ray. Like good for you for staying young. <laughs> I so, I think my like when he was young and I was young, I feel like I'm like 40 years older. If we put us in a side by side, he's like, oh shit, yeah. He's like, he looks way older. And I'm like, you're right, Ray. Sorry, bud. He's like, you should have this mask. And I'm like, thank you. And just put it on. You're the new Ray Mysterio. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just a, a fan with a gimmick on. <laughs> Just like everyone right. else who buys Ray Mysterio masks. So, um, also, last little things. They brought Omos back to squash someone, so kind of keep him in the midst. 
the Miz had his group of uh, security guards that look like the biggest geeks in the whole entire fucking world who got destroyed, and then Dexter Loomis. Jesus Christ. Dexter Loomis, who was pretending to be a uh, statue, uh, attacked and choked out the Miz. And then we had a match with, that would end up being a three-way with Drew McIntyre, but we had Johnny Gargano and uh, KO going against Alpha Academy. We'll talk about that with SmackDown. And then, related to Johnny Gargano, the Poison Pixie herself makes her debut. Uh, and she's definitely a baby face, and she beat Dewdrop. So we have Candice LeRae now a part of the Raw roster. Chris. It was a very bad match, but I'm glad Candice is back. They just did it not It was a very together. bad match. They just did not. And that both of these women are great in the ring. They just not click. And it, it, it probably has a lot to do with Candice has not wrestled in eight months, nine months at this point. Yep. So I think that was part of it. Um, God, what was the other? You named like seven things in in, in a row. Um, Gargano could have been. Yep. Right. Uh, let's see. Gargano and Owens against the uh, Alpha Academy. Um, what were the other two things? They weren't really that important. They were kind of like little small things. Because I unfortunately already exited oh, out of the. Uh, did they do both the Raw and SmackDown with Gargano and Kevin versus Alpha? Yeah, it became it became like a three a on three way with, with McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Alpha, Alpha Academy and uh, their bloke got just murdered. I can't remember who the other guy was though. Just absolutely um, murdered. Uh, we yeah, had that was that triple was finishers. <laughs> um, I mean, I one of the biggest things we didn't really. Uh, talk about was the um, god damn it now I say that and I can't even think of it um, the the Sheamus the Sheamus promo and him like I'm not done yet after they beat the shit out of him yeah he's like I'm not done that yet was, fellas <laughs> it's pretty that good. was pretty awesome uh, I if you would have told I told you this last night, actually, I was watching SmackDown. I was like, if you had told me in 2010, 2011, that Sheamus would be ever in 2022, I would have told you you were full of shit. But goddamn, that man just kept on working. And he's super over right now and is great in the ring with certain wrestlers. And we would never think that beforehand with Butch in his presentation – that he would be helping Pete Dunn get over. But now Pete Dunn, Ridge Holland are both getting over partially because of Sheamus and how like, over he is right now. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Pete Dunn can act like Pete Dunn, even though he's called Butch, he doesn't act like scrappy do anymore. As soon as Pete stupid. Dunn started just being crazy, <laughs> the group started getting over. So like it's part Pete Dunn, but also I feel like people have a natural respect for Sheamus. Right. Like, yep. Yeah, kind of want Sheamus and me personally. I was like, God damn, wouldn't it be really cool if Sheamus and Cesaro had a tag match against the Briscoes? Maybe that's just me, but dude, or against the bar FTR, versus the Briscoes, <laughs> the bar versus FTR. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> what but do you think I, about um, a match with Finn Balor and Edge at Extreme Rules? It'll be a good match. I I think that. Those are very good opponents. Um, that that goes into the like Lesnar Finn Balor type thing. 
where I wonder if this is going to be where AJ helps, you know, uh, edge win. And then it looks like where it's going is AJ and Finn are going to have a long feud, uh, which I'm completely down for. I've been asking for that for a long time. So I don't know. That could be uh that could be interesting. I, I um, see. I'm kind of opposite where I want AJ to become the leader of that group for a while. That would be fine too, man. If he ends up screwing over edge, but that means he had to do a lot of acting, getting his ass kicked by these people. But then again, it's pro wrestling, and I've seen that done a million times. So, also AJ Styles oh. gotten his ass kicked by everybody. So, it's... <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean. Sammy Zayn even fucking beat me. Fucking bullshit. Goddamn. Goddamn. He cheated, asshole. He fucking cheated, asshole. I'll get the fucking brothers. <laughs> fucking. They fired him, but they hired him back again, and then they fired him again. Just like some old Joe. Fuck you. My Wendy's fine, motherfucker. <laughs> to, to, you know, to be honest, uh, Damian Priest and Finn Balor might be a better tag team than the Good Brothers recently. Y'all lazy motherfuckers. Sorry, I'm calling them out. <laughs> calling them out. Yeah. The the Briscoes worked a 60-minute match with FTR, then went and worked a match with you guys and y'all the lazy ones. Fuck up out of here. We all saw yeah. it. We saw mach- you, motorcycle machine guns running 90 miles an hour, and like Luke Gallows is like, Ugh, I'm going to do the Kevin Nash leg spot. Like, God damn. Like, when Chris Bay... In Switchblade, we're attacking for Bullet Club. That was way more entertaining than uh, whatever the the hell they like Gallows and the Andrew. Good Brothers. And they're, the good, they're great though when they want to be, but they're like in a lazy spot right now. Yeah, and I like Gallows way more than Anderson. Um, well, I like Carl Anderson in the ring. Should say that, but you know, what I'm saying personality wise. But let's move on. We're done with Raw. <laughs> We're at AEW. We talked about the main events. I just want to know, do they not realize if they put the champion, I mean, it was against Juice Robinson, but if they put the AEW championship in the first tower main event and the Ring of Honor in the last hour, which is the second time they've done this, I'm definitely not going to think there's any fucking way in hell there's going to be a change in the title for AEW. And it's your top title. But... You know, well, whatever. it wasn't a it wasn't a title match. It was, and this is a dumbass thing they do. They call it an eliminator match. I don't know if this is a Moxley thing where he's like, I beat a challenger, so they can't face me again for the title. Ugh. So, so the storyline is like, I'm fighting this guy. If he beats me, he gets a title shot. And they wow, call that it seems an eliminator like, match. That sounds like something we can't stand WWE doing. Just call it a fucking match. Like, if you beat the champion, you should get a title shot. (laughs) How about no beating the champion to get a championship? It's all stupid, no matter what platform it is. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's stupid. Don't call it an eliminator match. I mean, the match itself was good, but, like, fucking. Yeah. Don't give it a fancy name. You know, like, in uh, Joe Dirt, when he's like, name's Joe Dirt, And the guy's like, don't try to church it up, boy. You know, everyone knows your name is Joe Dirt. It's that. <laughs> it's basically um, what it was. <laughs> I think Jericho's match against Bandito might have been the best, just because, like you said, Moxley and Robinson were good, but that kind of was, like, short, even though there were – I don't know. Um, the Tony well, Storm we had, Serena – We had seen it before, too. 
Yeah. Right. And we, we'd see, I've seen a better version of that match. Exactly. It's like for what the, I was saying uh, earlier about another for, match. Yeah. For the, oh, uh, the EO US... and, uh, Bianca Belair, I've seen have a fucking banger. They had a pretty decent match, even though they have good cam- chemistry. I'll agree with you that I've seen juice and John have better matches over in new Japan for the, the, uh, American IWGP American championship or whatever the fuck it's called. I mean, it probably doesn't help that like Moxley just immediately rocked him with that kick. And then <laughs> I do love the finish of that though. Like, can we start getting people locking? If you're going to lock in a UFC finish, like the quick tap, it's over. can we get that? That's great. Because like, if your arm is hyperextended, you're done or your shit's getting ripped out of the socket. There is no, I'm going to reach for the ropes. Uh, kind of thing. So I, I love that about that match. But uh, other than that, it was like they they did Moxley juice. They brawled. And it was fine. Yeah. Um, Tony Storm, Serena Deeb, I thought was a lot of good entering stuff that I saw. Uh, there's a problem that, unfortunately, with Lumberjack matches, you see a lot more of the shit going on around the ring that detracts what's going on inside the ring. And even though both these layers are great, I also, hey, do we get a, do we get anything from uh, Soraya about what the hell is going on with her? Because it didn't sound like we got jack shit. Mm-hmm. Seems like she asked Tony because he listens. Another shot at WWE. <laughs> uh, you know, unlike her older bosses, he actually listens. And granted that this would be a lumberjack match with probably what a third, maybe half of the fucking <laughs> women. In the goddamn division, what the hell is going on? I uh, and what was Penelope Ford? I love her. She's gorgeous. She's great in the ring. She's underutilized, in my opinion. Does she have pink eye? What the fuck was that makeup routine? <laughs> I told you she got pink eye because fucking Kip's wearing that box on his head, twenty four seven. Christ, that's what happens. Also, we didn't get. If you're gonna show me Penelope Ford, at least give me the theme music because theme music's a banger. Um, um, so is Paige fucking wrestling? No, I I don't know. No one knows, right? Like, I hope that her neck is okay and she's able to wrestle again. I really do. I hope it's the Daniel Bryan Christian situation where like you went through all this training. You're good. Doctors are saying you're good. It's fine. Yeah, me too, man. You're putting us in a weird situation of like. I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe I'm not. And eventually no one's going to care, especially if you have Britt Baker come out and barrier, like the whole division soft, like your neck is essentially what she said. And then she's like, Oh yeah, you're going to talk about names. Your name. She's a shit. And yeah, that wasn't that good. And, 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 and Britt, she's not a spine specialist. She's a dentist, but she probably knows how to take down. Uh, Soraya's neck or Soraya. Fuck. She taught us how to say it on the goddamn commentary and I still forgot. It's Soraya. But it was, it, I've heard people pronounce it Soraya even in the fucking movie that she was in. Do you think she so, has psoriasis? <laughs> of the liver? That comes with hanging out no, with that's cirrhosis. Leo for... <laughs> cirrhosis <laughs> is when your skin gets flaky and shit. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know her life. <laughs> I, can, 
God damn it. Okay. I love you. I love you. I always had. <laughs> Wait, what am I supposed to do about Paige's psoriasis? <laughs> hey, I thought, um, said, I thought you said she, she had cirrhosis, and do you think she has it? I was like, I guess it came from hanging out with Alberto. Like, like I don't oh, know. Like, <laughs> All right. All right. So let me let me see if you've never heard of this before. Show opens up. We have a long ass promo segment that mm-hmm. goes right mm-hmm. into an impromptu wrestling match directly afterwards. What what I program would you think that would be on? I'm going to say it. Monday Night Raw. Raw. <laughs> but what was it on? Dynamite. AEW. <laughs> Uh, well, I said dynamite. Same, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're um, right. You're right. You're right. But it was, he was fucking good, though. It was good. It was. Dude, it was. Daniel Garcia mean mugging, like, the most miserable person at a celebration ever. <laughs> I think we've all been there. Like, all your friends are like, yeah, let's party down. And you're like, I just really don't want to be here. Him selling this was, like, the absolute best. <laughs> They give him a little fish bucket hat, and he's like, the fuck this hat? He just beats up the pizza guy. <laughs> Luigi, the pizza. And the audience is not getting that fucking pizza. There better yeah. not have been real pizza in there, because I feel like it got wasted if that was the case. Goddamn. I like, I like the cheap heat of, like, you. Know, everyone knows New York pizza is better than Philly pizza. It's like... Oh, y'all, y'all wanted that to be y'all wanted that to be Chicago, didn't you? It's like everyone knows New York pizza better than Georgia pizza, and we're like, all right, yeah, but our steak sandwiches are better than yours, you dick. (laughs) 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 Fucking one Canadians in the back. Yo, why don't you try to make some fucking poutine, (laughs) ya douche? And then the Rock stands up and goes. Poontang, and then just sits back. <laughs> no, right. poutine, rock, not poontang. Po- oh, oh, poutine pie, <laughs> gravy right, pie. Um, that sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, yeah, but so it's it's Danielson and Chris Jericho going at it. I mean, eventually it's probably going to be for the Ring of Honor title, I'm assuming. And I really got to say, Chris, I could be wrong. I think all of this still is all bullshit. And next week, especially when they tag together, Brian Danielson, Daniel uh, Garcia going against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. I think that Daniel's going to turn on Brian Danielson. I really do. I know it doesn't make sense, but I just feel like that's coming. I don't know why. I just get that fucking feeling, brother. I think that Jericho is going to take it all the way with uh, Daniel Garcia. And then they're going to either combine the titles or, like, either way, whoever wins that. I think that's where that's going. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, old the American Dragon himself gets caught with a lion tamer. And and Jericho is just staring at Disney Garcia, like, what you want to do as he taps. That could be it, too. It's just so weird. I really, I want them to run with a Jericho thing. Like Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, like Frankie Kazarian, like run all the anyone you can find from Ring of Honor, run him out. What's Loki doing? Run his ass out there. <laughs> like it would be amazing if Jericho just cheats and beats all of these guys with so much disrespect. And then you bring in like, you know, you finally we're getting the problem is, is they're all they're already telling us we're getting the American Dragon right for the 
yep. the title. Daniel Bryan versus Chris Jericho. It sucks. They should have built this out where Jericho is beating like Briscoe and he, he like built it really hard, right? Like Davy Richards called him out. Yeah. So let's yeah, open the forbidden right? door. Fucking like he's Jeff Jarrett's like always wanted to be Ring of Honor champion. Fucking Jericho's like fuck it, bring it. <laughs> like, yeah, throws dude. a beer at him. He starts yelling, "I'm looking at my best friend who works on a different network." Ooh, <laughs> what if what if he what if the dastardly Chris Jericho calls out Samoa Joe and beats him because of some bullshit, and then they hurt him afterwards or something. Um. Brian Alvarez pointed out a good thing on his podcast. I mean, wish he said Jericho doing the ring of Jericho thing has made ring of Otter more relevant, more, more relevant than it's been in forever because like yeah. FTR is relevant, right? Everyone just wanted to see that match. The rest of it is like ring of honor. Like that. happened. Yep. <laughs> Jericho is now like, I'm going to fight anyone that was ever in ring of honor. And that's great. <laughs> like That's pretty good. Especially if he's going to bullshit his way out of all of them. Like when Samoa Joe shows up as the TV champion is like, fuck you, Jericho. He's like, all right, bet. <laughs> like, Are you not down for that? Like the Jericho Samoa Joe promos. Yep. It'll be, it'll be great. And also you can always bring Gresham back. Maybe don't treat him like a dick. <laughs> I don't know. I think Gresham's hanging out with uh, Joey Janela and who is else, who else was disgruntled by Tony? Uh, of Leo Rush, but I mean, I think that he's disgruntled by everything. Um, was Joey Janela disgruntled, or was he just like, I got paid a lot of money. I'm out. He's like, yeah, I'm not gonna quit drinking. Fuck it. I'll go back to GCW. <laughs> He does have one of the best elbow drops I've ever seen, though. It's pretty good. He does have Something, a great elbow uh, drop. HB, he has an HBK elbow drop. I told him that on Twitter one time, and he liked it. He was like, thank you. <laughs> I worked really hard at it. <laughs> I'm glad that's the one thing. <laughs> okay, is- so uh, we're, we're, we're moving on with this uh, this uh, wheeler Yuta mjf situation. Um. I, Shut I, up, I told Tony, you. you fat prick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So this was set up beforehand. Wheeler Yuta comes out, calls out MJF. I thought the promo this time was a lot better than last time, but I just don't think Wheeler Yuta is the best person on the mic. He thinks he's one of those guys that thinks that if you get louder and more intense, that that is, you know, or more angry about it as a baby face, that that's better promo. And he definitely felt more natural. Um, but at the same time, that that's kind of like the inflection he went. He's from Philly. They were behind him immediately from before that. I don't know. Maybe he needs to, like, study his his one of his mentors that he considers. You know, he was a big fan of going back and watching uh, Ricky Steamboat for a lot of obvious reasons. And I'm not saying when fucking in WWE when Vince basically told Steamboat to act like Bruce Lee in his promos. I'm talking about like his NWA days and stuff like that. You can probably pull some from that or, or at least see what you could possibly do based on that. Uh, but, you know, he did bring up the fact that MJF was going to come out. And I don't know if he just kind of like went off script a bit, but he's going to come out. He's going to make, you know, rag on the the Philly home team. He's going to, you know, mention I have no charisma and this is all. And he literally did that. But the line that MJF said that he had about as much, 
charisma as Joe Frazier. That was uh, pretty brutal. Who's <laughs> dead? <laughs> that was. And I believe brutal. is from Philly, right? Yeah, he's from Philly. Joe Frazier, by the way, for those out there who's like, who the fuck is Joe Frazier? He beat Ali. Ali beat him. They they have a they have a they have the rubber band. <laughs> Great matches, like absolute beat the absolute dog shit out of each other. Uh, Smoke and Joe Frazier, absolute legend. Uh, if you want some interviews with Smoke and Joe, um, listen to the Howard Stern show. He talks about uh, how insulted he was by Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali was calling him a fucking gorilla and shit. Um, and very anti, uh, like basically calling him a, trying to put this in a way where I, I won't get canceled, Dane. Uh, Muhammad Ali basically calling him ignorant and an ape, essentially. Like taking the heel aspect of that. Uh, and to the point where when they got in that first fight, Joe Frazier beat the absolute dog shit out of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> and then there's a famous um, uh, there's a famous thing of Johnny Carson. He had uh, a young Billy Crystal who would do Muhammad Ali impressions, and he asked him to do it, and he's like, "Why is everybody always talking about Joe Frazier? You know, because he beat him, and it was unheard of. And then he would beat him back, but yeah, it just." Great line. He actually passed away in Philly. He didn't actually. He wasn't born in Philly, so even bigger of a cheap shot from fucking MJF. But what did you think about Wheeler Yuta this week? We're gonna have a match in Washington D.C. because he said that Philly he wasn't gonna grant Yuta to be able to have a match in his hometown. We're gonna have him in D.C. We know they go back. They actually were rivals when they were younger, learning in New York um, together. So they've had a lot of matches and stuff like that. Is MJF just trying to like, even though Yuta's pretty fucking over with the crowd for the most part of being, you know, not the best on the mic, but is 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 MJF even if he wins trying to further, you know, help out his buddy Will or Yuta by, you know, having a high profile match with him, and we have another Flair Steamboat type of concept with this rivalry, I guess you could say, in in smaller yeah, I mean, ways. I I don't see it with Will or Yuta as far as a top guy, and I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't see it. Um, TNT think, champion, maybe. I think the bigger thing here would have been like when the when the ass boys showed up. They do a carry out out, out spot with Cesaro. Like if if Cesaro just walked up behind him and carried him to the ring, and had Willie to hit like a couple spots on him, that would have been better than what they did at the end. I did I did like during Moxley's match or the part afterwards where Yuta was right behind him and him and MJF started going at it from the fucking box. And I love MJF because there's one part where Willie Yuta's right above him. He's about to go in the fucking audience and the chairs and shit like that. And he's holding him and he punches him one time and fucking MJF sells it like he got knocked out and just sprawls out and falls through the seats, basically. It was fucking... So Ric Flair, it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, where he was, like, falling through the thing. Yeah, he, he, he looked like he got like knocked out, and he just him. falls back. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. Good on good on to holding him and while punching him, though. He's like, he's falling, but I got him. Like, very safe. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yep. He should have uh, knew what it was. Didn't know. I mean, like, first day Moxley showed up, he threw Omega through a glass table. He should have already knew. 
can't just hang out there. (laughs) Cesaro would have swung his ass off the stadium. Yeah, Cody and DDP (laughs) and uh, Dustin came and beat the shit out of the Jericho Appreciation Society when they were in the box. You know, it's, it's not that hard to go through the audience or come up behind you or some shit. Idiot. Yeah, like, you know what? If And this goes to the security and wrestling and what <laughs> makes the ass protection agency really important. Like, if you're if you're fucking like. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, if, if you're the Miz, <laughs> if you're the Miz next week, you're like, fuck it. I tried everything. I've hired security guards. I have them standing around my house. You're like, you know what? APA fucking JBL. <laughs> oh my God. I hope they do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> He's like, I hired him. <laughs> but no, you know what? You know, it'd be hilarious if, like, he thinks he's, like, in his locker room, he's got APA outside, he goes in, he gets ready, he hears some commotion, he comes out, and APA's both laid out, and, like, fucking Ron Simmons, like, looks at him and goes, damn, and just falls down, passed out. That'd be fucking wouldn't awesome. It, wouldn't it be great if, like, if Ron goes to get a beer and he opens the fridge and fucking Loomis is just staring at him like, damn, and he just shuts the fridge? <laughs> And then just no. sits back down. Bradshaw, you don't want to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This, All right. this is why I should book this show, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Triple H, call me. <laughs> so I think that's it. Ricky Starks had a squash match against uh, Ring of Honor's, uh, well, one of their older wrestlers, not with the company anymore, but like Eli Izzam. And that was about it. That was Dynamite. Thought it was a good show. A lot of fun. Really enjoyed the championship matches, even though I was, you know, busting the balls of the, of having the Ring of Honor champion in the main event. But I like a lot of the stuff that's going on with Chris Jericho and his faction. And, uh, yeah, good show. Jericho is making an argument for wrestler of the year. Keeps on putting on stuff like this. Yeah, he's been having way better wrestling matches. His group is not annoying, I don't think, to the level that uh, his last one did. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure. Well, he's he's done both, right? Like he's he did kind of the end of his group, the first group, whatever the fuck they what was it. What was his first group called? <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, it, I it's mixed the, up with the Undisputed Era, but it's not the Undisputed Era. It's uh, the Appreciate. No, that's not it. That's a new one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he set up that thing with him, Santino and Ortiz and Moxley, and they had that whole big old feud. And those, there was like a couple of fun matches out of that. He, he's it, his Eddie Kingston match was great, like really good. Kind of slept on yep. this year. Um, I, I mean, I guess he's got like <laughs> that a, might a have been my of, favorite for that 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 card. I think I think I said that that was like either my first or second favorite. No, it was definitely second because the Briscoes and the fucking FTR were on the same card, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was either second or third, but I remember being really high on that match. And also being really high while I watched that match. Also, FTR fans, they're in Japan. They'll be back. <laughs> and that's cool they're in Japan. They need to defend those titles, and I know they wanted to, so that's fine. They, they, uh... Spoiler alert. <laughs> They're successful. Good, good. 
Did they go against Girls of Destiny? Because I feel like that would be the fucking dream match in Japan. No, they they went against Aussie Open. They're two guys I like a lot, too. I want to see Tama and Tonga versus fucking... Uh, G.O.D. Yeah, I got to see FTR and G.O.D., man. I got to see that match. God, I wish well, Tully was still around for FTR so we could get Tully and Haku. Just... Oh... God damn! I'm gonna have to make that and do play that on my video game machine <laughs> sometime soon. It's gonna be at the Tokyo Dome, uh, so we can get those extra points, those are extra you, stars. Are you, are you sure it's not gonna be in North Carolina? Oh, sorry, I was talking about Kenny Omega. My bad. Yep, yep, yep. Um. All right, so let's move on to last night highlights. We talked about a lot of the stuff on it. <laughs> uh, you know, Sami Zayn and, and Solo Sokoa were a successful tag team. They beat so, Ricochet and Madcap Moss. All right, I need to talk about this. So, Solo Sokoa, they give everyone squash matches here, right? This guy looked like a monster. He really did. He hit the Samoan suit. And, and part of this is Ricochet's just great-ass selling. Yep. Right? Uh, he hits the DDT on Ricochet. He looks like he absolutely murders this man. And part of it is Ricochet does this, like, crunch body. It's not as good as, like, uh, the pack DDT cell where he does the Matrix thing. Oh, <laughs> my it's, God. It's so it's, awesome. It's pretty good. It was a pretty good cell. And when he tossed this motherfucker over the, uh, like, guardrail, it looked like Ricochet was just dead. You're like, he killed, he killed that man. If he gets that in man the has ring, a family. <laughs> he gets in the ring and he just starts working Madcap. Madcap hits him with a fucking jackhammer. This guy kicks out at two and a half. He's like, "Fuck out of here!" <laughs> he just gets up and starts putting in work. I love what they're doing with Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns should be scared. Like, if they can't get the Rock and they want to do something weird with it, they want to do something cool. Yeah. Solo is scary. He's doing he he is more doing like evil Rikishi, like throwing the big hips, destroying people. He actually looks I think like he's mini Joe, man. I'm telling you, Rikishi. Mini- check check the uh the you know, we don't know. Wanna know. Did did Joe kinda cut in? Solo, I'm just saying, I don't know. It, Samoa it, Joe to me. It definitely feels more like Samoa Joe. I mean he's throwing in like uh he's definitely throwing in like, you know, like thrust kicks and stuff he's he's doing the stuff but like he looks mean as shit i i think i messaged you i was like i don't want to see that motherfucker in a dark alley like i'm good <laughs> like i don't need this shit <laughs> yeah like fuck this i'm too old for the shit i'm too old um, for this shit yeah solo was absolutely great and i love his relationship with sammy was like whoa, whoa 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 why are you yelling at him we're friends. Why are you why are you yelling at my friend? And Jay's like, God damn it, I fucking hate you so much. Jay He's, wouldn't let him in the locker room. Is he gonna he, get in trouble from Roman for doing that? I don't I don't know, but like he was treating both of them kind of like crap and and I I like the idea of like Solo being like, Why are you treating my boy this way? It's my brother kind of thing. There's so many ways the the Roman Reigns storyline has lasted so long, but it's still been so good. Yep. <laughs> like, I agree. And that just like pivots on how good 
the Usos and Roman Reigns are. Like you could just turn the brothers against each other, get up Paul Heyman or Paul Heyman go to Brock. And now you have like solo there's like what side is he gonna fall on? Is he gonna be it's so good. Like it's if Paul is writing all this big props, buddy. <laughs> like big props. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, and uh, really like him. Um, telling you, like him. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Now I can't remember. Ben Carter, and they should hire uh, Shuda from New Japan and make the new Shield. That that would be a uh, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, Triple H ben should Carter's be on the, on the phone right now, talking to Kerry Zane and figuring that out. Bring her back, man. That'd be awesome. For sure. She's a, she's about to be in the stardom final four for their big title. And, uh, like after that's done, yeah, she'd be that. That's your baby face right there. I'm trying to think, was there anything else major from SmackDown? Natalia and Ronda Rousey had a really good match, but they usually do obviously. And there's more bullshit with Liv Morgan. And I hope Liv gets destroyed by Ronda. Uh, I think that I don't know if it's her not having to memorize exact script, but the small amount of dialogue she's saying, just being direct and being kind of aggressive and full of herself is fucking working. This is how we said to do it. Ronda Rousey, have her be a killer, have her be very, very full of herself. That's why we liked uh, her as an MMA uh, fighter. Don't give her this fucking goddamn thing of dialogue that she has to go out there and say that's <laughs> stupid. God. She said something very fucking stupid. I'm going to scroll up in the chat because I'm pretty sure I called it out. God damn it. I can't find it. But yeah, I was pretty sure I called it out. I was like, the fuck are you? No, you, you had issue with her T-shirt because she assumed something of it. I no, think. but she but she also said there was something she said because she had like a little pre-match vignette uh, that was like bad. But in the ring, she's doing more of the hook stuff. Which is great because, like, I don't know, she is an Olympian <laughs> jiu-jitsu artist. Well, and Maybe she's also she going against a person. <laughs> and, and not only that, she was going against a person that taught her how to re- pro wrestle So with Natalia. So I think they're always going to have decent chemistry. Drew McIntyre, Austin Theory, just to lead to the uh, ending where it was Drew and uh, KO and, and Johnny against... Uh, what you gonna call it? Uh, Austin Theory and Alpha Academy. Um, they had a good match. I was like, great, Austin Theory's gonna lose. Okay, well we got three on three in the main event. All right, well there's no way Austin's gonna lose when we have Chad Gable and Otis. And guess who got the fucking pin? By Drew McIntyre. <laughs> fucking Austin Theory. I thought it was an awesome ending where you had Otis going through the table. You had uh, one other person doing a DDT. Uh, to Chad Gable on the outside. No, that's that's what that's what happened. Chad Gable got the uh, DDT on the outside. Uh, Otis went through the table, and then fucking Drew McIntyre nailed Austin Theory uh, with the Claymore kick to get the win. But uh, Austin Theory, um, does he need a call up? Does him and Lacey Evans need to call up Vince and cry on the phone or some shit? What the fuck's going on? Jesus, Lacey, Lacey got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, I was going. Lacey definitely doesn't need to call because she got buried when Vince was there. <laughs> like. That ain't gonna oh, help. Man, her. now she lost to Liv Morgan in two seconds. She had a Jesus. good match with her, though. Even though she got squashed, she had a good match. I'm sure Liv appreciated that. Um, well, I don't get the Liv Morgan thing. 
I'm just, I'm not about that life. Uh, I think me and you could have a good job with a good match with Ronda Rousey. If she's like, I'm just going to do to toss your ass for a while and arm bar you. Like, well, there is that one second where she'll be straddling me for a little before the arm bar gets put in. So I'm kind of down for that. Yeah, well, and then her husband's going to show up and you're like, you enjoy that too much and whip the shit out of you. And then I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, what movie? Like, wasn't that in the movie? Wasn't wasn't? God, that was uh, Entourage, the movie where uh, fuck, what's his name? Not Beaver. God damn it. I can't remember right now. But he's like, if I beat you up in this fight. You got a blah, blah, blah. And then she just kicks the shit out of him real quickly. But um, I, haven't, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to confess something right here on the air. I have never watched Entourage and I've definitely never seen that movie. Well, there you go. Uh, I've only seen a couple I, episodes here and there. Question to you, Chris, because you were a big fan of her in NXT. So was I. It looks like the pre- presentation of Shotzi based on her promo, her having the tank back. Uh, you know, even though Bailey beat her, she gave her a really good fucking match. It was long competitive. Is Triple H trying to switch gears on her again and try to, like he has been doing with other talent, try to bring what he had, like, like carrying cross, you know, had in mind for them in NXT on the main roster. So I'm so weird on this because if you're going to have her beat someone, why not just have her squash or get a clean win instead of losing? You don't look yeah. strong losing to Bailey. You just lost to Bailey, right? Though Bailey looked good. Like this is a good match. <laughs> just I don't understand. If you're trying to make someone look strong, like just make them look strong. Like have them have a good match against. There's other what? women on this roster, right? What what is uh fucking? Well, never mind. That's a bad day. I was going to say, what's Alexa Bliss doing? <laughs> never mind. That's a bad example. Um, um, all right. Well, but the presentation, I guess, and the attitude seems like it shifted back to old. I think she did. She drive the tank down. I may have missed that. Yeah. She shot okay. fireworks out of it, too. It was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of a bad situation. I think that is awesome. And they're trying to bring that back. Um, and she never too won little, the NXT late. women's title. No, I don't think it's too. Li- I think that she is over enough with the audience where it's like a kind of a Sami Zayn thing where you can bring it back, or a Daniel Bryan yep. thing where you can bring it back. I, I I think that the the tank thing and her general personality and the fact that uh, like if you if you follow her on Instagram, which let's let's go you ahead should. and say like most. Just say most of the fans, or at least 500,000 of the fans know who she is, right? Uh, she, she can get over, right? Like, uh, yeah, like and she's I also not, think she's not going to get over, think, like, losing. She's going to have to win some matches. Yeah. At least, it was a, at least it was a competitive match. She was definitely beating the shit out of her for a good portion of it. But, I don't know, I, I, I really think that instead of bitchy heel... Uh, you know, aggressive, badass baby face is definitely better for Shotzi in the long run. Yeah. Because that's like, what they were trying to make her into. And yeah, it's like, a, I don't want to say stone cold, but like a little bit of that anti-authority, I'm going to shoot rockets. Okay. Almost, actually, almost anti-authority DX, like the later DX, like with Triple H and Shawn Michaels with the tank and like, suck it. Uh kind of the weird 
we're old sucky kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like Shotzi a lot. I uh, like Gabe Sapolsky Booker. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. He did a good job in Evolve with her. <laughs> I'm sure he could. Uh, I mean, she's she's a bad situation, right? Because you can't book her above Bailey. I mean, you, you, because the pay-per-view is Bailey versus... EST. Um, so that's kind of a hard one. But also, you can just not have that match. So it's one of those. AEW does that as well. You can just not have the match. Um, that's a good point. Yeah, like, it, it, like I did it help Shotzi? I mean, it reintroduced her character. The promo she had before was so scripted and very, very bad. Like, very bad for her character. Like, did you like the promo that she had? No. She's like, I'm going to go out there to the ring. It was like almost like an anime character. I'm going to go out there to the ring. Ha ha. I said, I'm going to fight you. Ha ha. I'm going to travel on my tank and run over you. Ha ha. It was like one of those. She wrote this shit. Like, if Shotzi was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll into this I'm gonna roll this tank into your small little town and end you. You'd be like, all right, that's all she had to say. <laughs> it's easy, right? Exactly. But regardless, we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, I think that's it for SmackDown and Rampage. Really quickly, Let's wrap this up. We talked about a little bit of it. The acclaim, man, they're over like Rover. Love it. Love the whole thing. I love, like, the modern – I mean, they've really kind of turned into, like, a modern-day New Age Outlaws. You got the guy that's on the mic coming out, spitting a bunch of stuff, getting the audience all into it. As soon as the, as soon as you hear the, the you know, the scratching of the fucking turntables, it's very much like that the guitar riff, the ba-na-na-na, that got the Outlaws popular. That whole starts. Goes to the other guy who says, like, a little bit, gets the audience really, really pumped. Because they're loud and aggressive. And then, you know, for, for a three-way tag match, I thought this was good. Um, and Acclaim won it. And uh, I hope they have those belts for a minute, man. You know, scissor me daddy. Daddy ass, I mean. I like the Acclaim winning it, and they won it clean. I thought they had a good victory. But uh, why the fuck was Matt Hardy here? Because I guess Matt Hardy's trying to start help out private party and get them away from Andrade's group. I know it's, it's awesome stuff. Now they're going to be baby faces with private, Matt Hardy as a baby face. Private party turned on them. I know he's, he's been, he, there was one vignette on dynamite. I forgot about where he was like trying to talk to them and Andrade got in his face. So he should have been trying to talk to Dan Housen and hook as tag team or Dan Housen and her hook and, and fucking, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why can I? Bronson, Action Bronson. He should have been talking to fucking Hook and Action Bronson. People that actually win matches. Yeah, find out from people that matter, man. You know, you got you, you to pick your spots, bro. I pick them. In, but... in fact, like Hardy and King Maxwell has a better <laughs> win-loss record than the uh, <laughs> private party. I, d- Man, I, I can't understand. remember the rap. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I'm trying to remember the rap. I know they said something about how the Butcher and the Blade are as, bore, are as docile as Biden on on 10. Um, God damn it, I don't remember. It was hilarious. I need to start writing down the rap so we can recite it. It was pretty Every funny, time. but like with Butcher and the Blade being out there, I wanted them to do like just come out to every time I die and like him just scream rap. Oh lyrics. yeah, he made fun of the fact that their band broke up and that Mar- Matt Hardy's at private party's ass and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the acclaim, they got this man and uh, they got that scissor me thing fucking real over, which is weird. But I loved also hearing Tony. Start talking about how scissoring is becoming popular in AEW with JR. And JR, you could tell, like, both him and Excalibur are like, What? Tony, why did you fucking. <laughs> so fucking awkward. I don't think JR really wants it, to talk about us. Uh, it's very, it's very awkward of these two talking about the scissoring. Uh, <laughs> every time he gets brought up, like, Tony's like, I, I was hoping that, like, JR would be like, I don't exactly know what scissoring is. Can you explain it? And then, like, of course, Scal would be like, no, Tony, don't even do it. Like, tackles him to the ground. Uh, or just cuts to that Mr. Garrison's, like, just kind of get together and... Oh, scissor me, Zerk. Scissor, scissor me. Yeah, it does that. And oh, my just God. Back All right. to the wrestling. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, love, I love that scissor me is just basically suck it. I love it. Like, it's yeah, so it's great. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's guys saying scissor me, and, and Anthony Bowens is openly gay. It's fucking great, dude. It's fucking genius. Well, uh, what's funny is, you know, when we talk about the act of scissoring, that's actually not <laughs> what Anthony Bowens would do, but he brought in something else from the gay it's community fun- and made it into, fun- like, something funny for it. I think it's awesome. Right. I love it. That I'm video like, where he broke down after winning the titles and just said, amazing. like, this a huge accomplishment. Great Absolutely stuff. Absolutely incredible, man. Like right th- those guys strips. and Bowens is fucking great in the ring too. He's way yeah. better than his partner. Not taking anything from Max. Max Caster is a big part of that act. Max Caster like, is the sizzle, and I think <laughs> Bowens is a steak. If that makes and, sense. Yeah, yes, that is the best way to put. It. This guy is working his ass off. It's like when you um. It's like when you see when you have a tag match and it's like Big E and uh, Xavier Woods is in the ring. Like Xavier yeah. Woods is there. He's great. Right? But he's not Big E. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. Um, or or you see like um, Shawn Michaels and the Rock and Roll Express. You're like, eh, Marty's there. He's doing stuff. He ain't Shawn. <laughs> He ain't uh, shown. Bowens is fucking great, and uh, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. And I know a lot of people like hate the scissor. There, there's a lot of people that hate the scissor me thing. They're like, oh, I don't get it. It's they weren't like, supposed to uh, like the suck it, you know? Yeah, so you, weren't off, su- you weren't supposed to like suck it either. Yeah. <laughs> if you're square, then you're going to be having a problem with that, you know? <laughs> That's also, the point. Owens with the biggest crotch chop of all time leading into this DX thing was pretty fucking great. But <laughs> That's Monday, right? The return of yeah. DX? Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. What the but hell are going to see Road Dogg, Sean, and fucking Triple H's old ass, like, Gimp to the Ring or some shit? I love all of them, but, like, what? Unless we have, like, a new DX established or some shit. We'll, I mean, we'll if you want, Sean will throw a good super kick. <laughs> like, 
He's like, I got one more left in me. <laughs> Super kick. He be- if, if he has one more left in him, he better give that to AJ or Seth. That's all I got to fucking say. You know, especially since Adam Cole and or maybe Johnny, maybe Johnny would love that. Um, oh my God, wouldn't it be so amazing if he super kicked AJ Styles and he just bumped all around like he like <laughs> like like HBK did with Hogan? He's just like fucking <laughs> zombie walking all through and takes a ring toss outside. The ring. Oh, that would kind be so shit. fucking great. And I'm, then I'm putting like, that in my head. <laughs> Best, huh? <laughs> Like the three of them come out, they start talking a bunch of shit in the in the thing, and then like it's like hold it, hold it, and Edge, who's disgruntled, AJ and Matt Riddle come to the ring and they're like, what the fuck are you letting this goddamn whatever team do? Like, are you kidding me? And then the ending part, Shawn Michaels super kicks the fuck out of AJ Styles in the face. They don't have to give us the match, but just put the hope in our head for a little while that might happen. Like Triple it's- H gets nose to nose with Edge. And uh, who else is in that again? I mean, it, uh, it would stereo. <laughs> this would never happen. But like, if you get the Bucks getting super kicked by HBK, that'd be like the best, right? <laughs> they're all selling. Like, well, they're, he, no, they're. I feel like the Bucks would be like, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna super kick both of you guys. You're gonna sell afterwards. And then Matt goes. Then we get back up and we both super kick you. And he's like, no, no, no. You stay down. You guys stay down for a while. <laughs> Okay, but we're going to get up eventually and then super kick you once, twice, and then both of us at the same time. Well, well, then why the fuck would you need the first one if that's going to knock you out? No, 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 trust me. It's much better when you have two back-to-back and then a third one from two different people. No, I'm not going to work with you guys. And then Sean would leave. <laughs> I think that's exactly what would happen. Sean's like sound like a bunch of goofs, but one of his eyes is looking in the other direction because he can't help it. <laughs> God, I would, it would be so hard a conversation. Which one to like look at? Is that one? No, 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 no. I'm looking the wrong one. Oh shit! All right, let's get through the rest of this. Lee Moriarty had a bit good match. Well, he just beat the shit out of Fuego del Sol. I like him. He's gonna be good. Uh, match of the week for me, or not match of the week? Like probably in my top three favorite matches this week. I'll say that. Jamie Hayter, Willow Nightingale beat the living hell out of each other. Because some bullshit of grabbing a leg that wasn't seen by the referee uh, that would help out uh, Jamie Hader win with doing a suplex into straight Okada, fucking belly to back suplex, picking her ass back up into a rainmaker, one, two, three. And then right afterwards, fucking Tony, who it is known, you know, has this relationship with Britt Baker, says, wow, that was very that was a very good match, and Jamie uh, Hayter earned that win. And I'm like, they just fucking cheated! What are you talking about? They earned the goddamn win. All right, so then we had Lee Moriarty after that match uh, beating uh, Fuego del Sol to build him up a bit. And um, one of my favorite matches probably up there with the two championship matches on Dynamite and uh, the three matches that we had. Um, or four, actually. I like the EO and Bianca match, but I really liked Seth and Ray and the last two matches, Damian Priest and Riddle, and, of course, AJ and Sammy that I was gushing about. But Jamie Hayter and Will Nightingale had an awesome fucking match. Uh, very hard-hitting. Uh, and it would end up with Will Nightingale getting her leg grabbed uh, while Rebel uh, you know, was distracting the ref. 
uh, Britt Baker grabbed her leg and would cause Jamie Hayter to then suplex her, followed up by a Rainmaker, something that Mr. Okada is really good at, and would get the win. So Willow got screwed, but still looked great in the match, and I think she has a shitload of potential. Me and you have talked about that. Jamie Hayter gets a win, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was about it. Um, thought this was good shit. Jamie Hayter, until she got them to hate her, you know, within the match, fucking with Willow, she was over when she came out. So I don't know when they're going to do this for Baker and Jamie Hayter thing, but they're taking their time. Yeah, I felt bad for Willow because she's like, you know, pow- like coming. She's got her comeback going on, and they're like, Jamie Hater. <laughs> like, that sucks. Because <laughs> Willow's great as well. She's just not quite there yet. Uh, it's weird. I mean, it's it. Dang, all right, here's a good question, Dane. Is it weird that Jamie Hater is over, or is it because like people are tired of Britt Baker, and they wanted to see this? I- like a long time ago i think it's a combination of both for sure definitely elements of both especially knowing jimmy or not jimmy haters or jimmy hater doesn't have any with anyone but uh as far as i know at least um but the Britt baker i kind of hate everyone and have heat in the locker room do you think that plays into it at all or do you think that's and we're just maybe i'm overstretching it definitely could, man. I wouldn't doubt it. Because she's the hardest working woman. She holds the whole division on the back. She can be a part of the women's division, have these matches, and then she still has a full-time job. So she's better than you knew you are, and she knows it. <laughs> it's too bad she's not MJF's wife. That's a good one. <laughs> Probably Adam Cole soon, but uh, hopefully Adam Cole gets over his concussions. For sure. Oh, man, that's scary. Uh, let's talk about it before we head out. But, uh, yeah, Jamie Hayter was fucking great here. She's always been really good. I've always put her over. I went back three years ago, by the way, because I was like, I know I talked about Jamie Hayter and how much I loved her and how cute she was. She looked like a completely different person three years ago. Still beautiful. Yep. Still great in the ring. But I definitely put her <laughs> at the beginning of AEW because she was one of the cats they brought in and then disappeared and then came back. Uh, Bea Priestley was there as well. It's like, how did you lose her? She's fucking great, but okay. They had a, uh, they were known for having a tag team over in the UK in Rev Pro and shit. Uh, Jamie Hader and uh, B Priestley. Right. Originally. Um, I, and over in um, the Japanese promotion. Shimmer, I think. Stardom, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I think I think uh what's today? The first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Session Moth and Jamie Hitter having a match in England somewhere. Uh and I tagged Tony Khan. I was like, sign Session Moth also, like <laughs> let's get sign this one. I, I've been yelling sign that one for a long time, but Jamie Hitter's great, man, and I even if they didn't put the title on her, I thought they did a good job of setting up a few. You know, like uh, at the last mm-hmm. paper. Because Jamie Hader had it won, right? And 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 Britt pulled her out or, or pulled the ref and it cost her the title. And you're like, okay, that sets up a feud. 
but they didn't even do that. Like she just came out and was like, "Hello, well, I'm still friends with her." And I was like, "I hate this so much." <laughs> and uh, it's almost the Daniel Bryan situation where the fans hate it so much that now they're way more behind Jamie Hader because there was uh, this amount of groundswell behind Jamie. It was just mostly me beforehand <laughs> on this. Uh, but I appreciate you, Philly, for getting behind my girl, Jamie even though she got chased off by Willow and then won via uh, fuckery. Also, the amount of fuckery on AEW recently is pretty fun. Maybe it even reminds you of other companies. Who knows, but it was a really good match, and I enjoyed it. Both ladies worked their asses off, and I continued to like both Willow Nightingale and Jamie Hayter. All right. The last. So, who is the uh, Ring of Honor uh, women champion right now? Is it Mercedes Martinez, I believe? She won from Willow, I think, at the Ring of Honor. Well, she and then she retained. she retained against Serena Deeb. And then she, I think, won against Willow again and won. So, she still has it. That would be another title that. I don't know. Because yeah, that. that... First pay-per-view was her versus Willow, which was a great match, and then the second one was her, which was also a great match. So, uh, what is what is next for her? You bring someone in from Impact? I don't know. Uh, or utilize the women you have. I mean, when's the last time we even saw Mercedes Martinez? <laughs> was it the pay-per-view against fucking Serena Deeb? That one match against Willow? I don't. I don't even remember. Ignalter and and Brian pointed something out. It's like if you're sitting at home and getting paid. In the 90s, you didn't complain about it. So maybe she's like, you know what? But at the same time, I think the guys in the 90s were very more business oriented. Like even Shawn Michaels, down to it, it came down to the business of like making money and shit. That was definitely a driving force, except for certain individuals, the cruiserweight division, perhaps, and other people. But now I feel like they care a lot more about trying to spend their time wrestling while they can in their prime and then just wasting it, you know, kind of like a la <laughs> Luke Harper, Birdie Lee, you know? I mean, for Mercedes, you already have the title. What else are you supposed to do? <laughs> you already did Defend it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you John Cena, it, I guess. No, I'm not saying John Cena. I'm saying you don't have Miro off for fucking as long as they have. You don't have... Mercedes oh, offers no, I, as long as you had. Like, if you have a title, like, if you're Pac or whatever, you're like, all right, well, I'll fight in two weeks. <laughs> Get paid. I'm just saying, like, wrestling's hard. So take the paycheck when you can. Well, I, see, I see both sides of the coin. But anyways, the last match, Roosh. Johnny Hungy, I could not believe this was the fucking main event. It was a good match, don't get me wrong, but this is not really marquee by any means. This um, is the most squash match without it actually being a squash match. Roosh just, just played with his fucking food the whole entire time, basically. Yeah, he literally was a giant panther with a tiny mouse. <laughs> did he, did he, when he uh, fucking punched him did he really knock out one of his teeth because he was kind of like acting as if he grabbed something off the ground and kicked it in the audience and so i, was I don't like, know if they set that up as a spot where he spit gum out and he kicked it out in the audience that was great because he like kicked it he like soccer kicked it 
and then put his uh like hand over his eye like he was really like blocking out the lights to see where it went so if johnny and him came up with that i would think great because i didn't see anything where he kicked his teeth out even though roosh is stiff but i'm gonna assume he didn't kick his fucking teeth out jr put him over as being one of the best strikers in aw i gotta agree man uh, there's no daylight in those punches at all. He set him up for his finisher in the corner. This is one of my favorite spots. He sets him up in the corner and, uh, on his finisher, and he runs there, and he stops, and he just barely taps him in the chin, rolls back, and hits the, like, <laughs> the like, tranquilo. <laughs> and I was like... I think he came just... up with that originally. <laughs> I I only know I I know it from Na- Naito where because Naito is just like he spits in the guy's face they run at him he th- dumps him over the ropes and he he bounces back and like he's gonna do a suicide dive he comes back and he just flips and lands and just looks at him like hey <laughs> in the center yep. of the ring uh, I, I I thought Naito started maybe Rouge started I don't know. Let's go back. But well, they were in the hope. same they were in the same faction together. It was them. Andrade and one other person, I don't remember who originally started Los Carnibales. I can't fucking say it right. And then he went over to New Japan and created the Japan, or you know what I'm saying, the Japanese version of that. L.I.J. Right. Yeah, L.I.J., which I guess it was L.I. beforehand or whatever the hell. That's I, I always have problems fucking pronouncing that. Los Incorobonables. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but it was funny because, like, he ran all the way over there like he was about his finisher and he stopped, and then he just took his boot and touched his chin. <laughs> like, I could murder you right now, but it'd be funnier if I waited. Uh, Roosh is great. Uh, I expect his Dragon Lee to up here, honestly. <laughs> I guess we're getting no- nothing from that. Yeah, <laughs> they set up that storyline. <laughs> Dragon Lee, where especially with Roosh being such a fucking dick in this match, I was like, Hungy's gonna win because of Dragon Lee. Like Dragon Lee's gonna show up and fuck this up for these guys, right? He's like, No, nah, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna get the uh comeuppance that my brother deserves for beating the crap out of me with Andrade a couple weeks ago. That went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean to be fair to AEW, a lot of stuff happened after <laughs> So maybe they don't even remember it. CM Punk went crazy, and we had a bunch of our EVPs fighting people in the locker room and had to send Christopher Daniels and a bunch of other people home. It's been a wild week. <laughs> Dragon Lee's like, all right, well, if I can I get called back, please? <laughs> They're like, we don't have time for you, Dragon Lee. Go. <laughs> Ridiculous. So that's what I'm assuming happened. <laughs> like Tony Khan's been on the phone with lawyers all week. He's like, oh, oh, also there's a hurricane in Florida. He's like, can you guys come? <laughs> he, I, well, I, I will give a, a shout out to this because he said like, if you live in the Florida area and you're stuck, just let me know. And if you can't make it, it's not a big deal. Which I thought was pretty cool. He's like, we'll figure it out. That was really nice of him. Jericho, JR, a lot of them still came, but very nice by Tony to offer out that for sure. Uh, yeah, so the end of this match. They're not going to not come because they're on fire right now. They're like, 
<laughs> yeah, no. <nah. laughs> We're doing the Stone Cold thing. We're not leaving. <laughs> yep. Um, but the ending would have uh, just a beat down, basically, and, and um, both uh, The Butcher and the Blade came out, and then the rest of The Dark Order came out, and Hangman Page music hits. He comes out to even the odds. And, uh, yeah, it looked like was set up. We're going to get next fucking week on Dynamite. Match should be awesome. I'm sure Dave Meltzer is creaming his pants. Hangman Adam Page versus Roosh. And that should be an excellent fucking match. So. Bull. The bull versus the bull. Yeah. Pretty much. It's the cowboy. Yep. He's got to tame the bull. The cowboy's got to tame the bull. That's what it is. El Toro Blanco. This glove is like, mess with the bull, get the horns, and he does that weird hand thing. <laughs> you think Reese is going to do that next week? Mess with the bull. <laughs> Could be, man. You, and Hangman's going to be like, I love Molly Ringwald. She's a like, wonderful. Me too. <laughs> Me too, Hangman. You're my best friend now that you were Dolly Parton, and now you're talking about Molly Ringwald. Yes, I That's all it takes to get you to get over with you, huh? Can we talk about this real quick? <laughs> if if you have to, I, I we can. Sorry about it, because like you have a, I get where I get where everyone's coming from this. <laughs> Why was this such a big deal? The hangman came out with the costume he was wearing and went head to head with moxley because like in a world where hbk exists (laughs) the sexy boy himself i don't get where this is a problem or i didn't see maybe i missed it on twitter i didn't see many people making a big stir about it i said i just think personally to me i could go out with the pink roses you know fucking sewn into your pants because he's supposed to be this badass. Now, if he's a badass, he comes in normal fucking jeans, cowboy boots, and a Dolly Parton pink shirt. It's a little different. But, like, the theme and everything, it was like, whatever, man. Okay. How the hell am I supposed I, to think you're tough? I could have dug it. Cause he, I mean, he's already tough because he was the former heavyweight champion. And he could have beat CM Punk by hitting him with the title. But he didn't do it. He should have. In retrospect, he could have pulled the trigger on that one. But they didn't. Uh I don't know, man. I couldn't dug it. I was like, you know, he's gonna like he's gonna show up with fucking like <laughs> roses on his jeans, go head head with Moxley. That's kind of tough, <laughs> regardless of what you're wearing. Well, dude, walk him to Moxley. Well, maybe, you know. I don't know. I yeah. bet you know what? Uh, I bet if he asked for an A, she'd be like, "That was pretty ballsy." <laughs> <laughs> he's also gonna be a dead man that was did you see what did you see what my husband did to juice's arm there you go there you and go arm has <laughs> well you know that's gonna be uh, the story he's, he's gonna he's gonna hook hangman's arm right you know what it's gotten too much in the fashion that we're actually going to end the show right here i cut it off cut it off so i hope you guys enjoyed all that and uh we had a great show for you we do the show every week uh just you know listen to us we're on every downloadable platform from stitcher to soundcloud to spotify to itunes to youtube just find us search wrestling geeks alliance on any of those platforms or 
Google if you want to find something else. We're also on Red Circle, a lot of different places because we're we're hot shit, essentially. And we record this show for new listeners. Uh, usually on Saturdays, we have the show out by Saturday nights, Monday, and just keep on listening. We're all fun and just joking around and cutting up because that's what we fucking do on motherfucking Wrestling Geeks Alliance. I want to thank my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, uh, who will be wearing and rocking a pink Dolly Parton shirt and a rose uh, sewn within his pants later on this evening going to dinner uh, at uh, Red Lobster. Chris, you always, enjoy your evening. Always and forever. If you want to talk to me, hit me at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, at Christopher.R.Patton on Facebook and Instagram. Also, sorry, my power went out again. So apologies, guys. All right. Well, you guys can find me at DaneLs42 on Twitter or DaneLs on Facebook. Send a message. Let's have a conversation about professional wrestling. It should be fun. And I enjoy doing this show for you guys. Chris does as well. We'll be back next week with another show. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. Oh, yeah. And, of course, peace out.